I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Boomer and Geo on The Fan and the CBS Sports Network. Greg Giannotti, it's Boomer and Geo on the fan, simulcast across the country on CBS Sports Network. And wherever you are on the free Odyssey app, good Monday morning. The playoffs are set. Wild card weekend is set. The New York Giants are traveling to Minnesota Sunday, 4.30, to try to make another New York Giants magical run in the playoffs. The Jets, we knew, had nothing to play for yesterday, engaged in one of the worst football games I've ever seen in Miami. Almost won the game, got screwed on a terrible call, but they finished the season on a six-game losing streak. Just absolutely horrendous. No offense. There's going to be a lot of questions that have to be answered about where the Jets are going after the end of that season. And we've got a lot of stuff to get into all over the league as last night, a little bit of a curveball. Everybody had Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs last night as well. And clearly that didn't work out as they lose to the Lions on Sunday night football. And thus begins, Boomer, a two-week stretch for me that could be the worst of my sports talk radio career as I get ready for a week of Giants fans to, that will tell me that the Giants are going to beat the Vikings and then another week of them telling me that they were right. Uh, good morning, Boomer. How are you? Good morning, Gio. I am fine, and I'm glad that we're finally here to find out exactly what's going on. And yes, that's right. We have the Giants at your Minnesota Vikings. I, I look forward to this week mm. because I know that deep down, you think your team's going to win. You no. got to root for your team. No. You got to believe that that team's going to well win. How do you know me at this I, point? I mean, what are you talking about? If the New York deep Rangers down. were getting ready to play the Islanders or the Devils, deep who down. they lost to over the weekend, by the way, a very good game. Uh, and it just goes to show you how good the skill is of those two teams. I, my point being is that I would be rooting for my team. I am not going into a game thinking that my team is going to lose. You can't do that. Of course you can, and I've done it many, many times, and I will do it again. It doesn't mean you're not rooting for them to win. You just go in with the expectation that it's not going to happen. This has been written in stone. I've told you about this. This The Minnesota Vikings world surrounds me. I, I am the reason. I feel like I need to apologize to Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, Kevin O'Connell, everybody on that team, Patrick Peters, everybody, because it is my fault that this is going to happen because I trashed the Giants in the beginning of the season as much as I did, and then now this whole season plays out, and now the Giants and Daniel Jones, who have been all over since he's been drafted into the league, will go into Minnesota, beat the Vikings, end my season. It's just, it's storybook is what it is. You it's know, storybook. I, I, I am really torn about this whole thing, I have to tell you. I said because, you know, for the for the best uh, majority of Giant fans out there, my friends, I, I know that they're excited about being back in the playoffs and and yesterday's performance uh, was actually gritty, if you had, if you want to describe it, how they played Philadelphia, and they made it tough on them. Sure. Especially from a defensive standpoint. And congratulations to Davis Webb throwing his first touchdown pass to Kenny Holiday. Unbelievable. What a great catch. catch. Yeah, it was a great catch. So 
all of that. And I love the way his teammates reacted to him on the sideline. You can see that his teammates like him. Now, yeah. whether or not the giant fan and, and the analyst alike uh, appreciate the amount of money he's making in the uh, production, that's a whole other story. But uh, it's obvious that his teammates like him as the way they reacted yesterday. But I have to say... Here I am. I'm in a really weird position. Like for our show, it's great if the Giants win and they go on and they keep this 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 uh, this ride with Brian Dayball and Joe Shane and Wink Martindale alive. And uh, but then again, I know if they do, you are going to come in here supremely disappointed no, no, next no, I, Monday. I, no, I won't because I, I don't want it to. It's already over. Us. It's already over. That's the thing. I've already conceded. So I'm not going to come in here on Monday and be all upset about it. I'm already upset about it. It's already over. I told you three weeks this ago this weirdest, was going to happen. This is the weirdest thing ever. I mean, I, guess, I told you three I know, weeks but it's, ago. It's, like, you can't feel that way about I your team. Uh, you just totally can't. I, of course. Right, now, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Giants go in there. Yeah. And Daniel Jones throws a 60-yard bomb. Yeah. With five seconds on the clock, yeah. and the Giants win by a point, mm-hmm. you're going to come in here the next morning and you're going to be miserable because your team had the game right on their fingertips and then they lost wow. it. I mean, I don't know how like that a loss like that. Like In other words, you've said to yourself, my team's losing. I don't care. But no, if I they didn't say I don't all, care. I, I care. I mean, you care. Obviously I care, you care deeply about it, but I already know what's going to happen. Now, in the if future. your team gets blown out by the Giants, that's a different story because that's what you're making it sound like. Ah, you know, there's no. They shouldn't no, even no, play no, this I, game. No, the Giants are going to win. I don't think they're. Go- I don't know. I don't think that it's going to be a blowout either way. I don't think that either one of these teams are really capable of that. I okay. just. I think it'll be uh, a close game, and it'll be one of those things where you know you've got the Minnesota Vikings who won 11 games, 11 and 0 in one score games. Yeah, I know. But they will lose this one score game in the playoffs. Just like Gary Anderson in 1998 was the first field goal kicker in the history of the NFL not to miss a kick in a regular season, had a kick under 40 yards to send them to the Super Bowl in the championship game and missed it. It's just one of those things. It's gonna happen. So this is a good thing for people like Big Blue Travel, uh, our friends over there, license plate guy, those who travel to every game you can now not only do you, you could set up the whole minnesota thing but most likely because of what's going to happen between seattle and san francisco you can get that trip to philly already figured out so you could get that going it's an easy trip and you can work a week <clears throat> ahead now okay. because of the way that this works so out. you don't think seattle's going to beat san francisco of course not okay I mean, come on All give right. me a break san francisco i mean that team even when they struggle, they look dominant. But you have to also say, uh, yesterday was unbelievable because, you know, the Miami Dolphins sneak in with, I mean, a horrific, Just, horrific performance by the Jets. And this is, a, like, this is the thing. You never know what's going to happen with coaching staffs and everything else. So, you know, Lovey Smith, they asked him after the game yesterday, you know, are you worried about your job? No, I'm, I got my job. My players are playing for me. Essentially, that's what he's saying, and I'm paraphrasing that. Next thing you know, he gets in Houston and he's let go of his job. Um, so like, you never know what the owner and the GM are thinking. You just you just never know it from a coaching perspective, and that's why you got to be really, really careful with what you say, how you say it. You know, Joe Judge talked himself into last year at this point in time losing his job. The no best thing that ever happened to the Giants, quite frankly. Quite frankly, especially given what's happened this year and the way that Brian Dable has really made his team uber competitive and gritty and just just like a nasty team to play against mm-hmm. just a hard team to play against um and they and they probably have i would say you know they have the the makings of a good solid foundation assuming that 
I'm hearing also that uh, Daniel Jones and the Giants are close to a contract extension. So for you Giant fans out there that are looking forward to that this offseason, I hear that they're close. The question is, is it three years or four years? What does the player want? What does the team want? You know, can they meet somewhere in the middle? I would tell Daniel Jones, if they offer you a four-year deal and you have a maximum guaranteed money, significant, I would take that deal because, you know, after three years, if you're as good as you think you are and you're as good as you, you've been uh, in this offense and you're only going to get better and they're only going to get better support people around you, hopefully, uh, then after three years, they'll go back to the negotiating table again because you're young enough. Sure. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's close. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if something came you know, to fruition relatively soon. I don't know if it's a day or a week or 10 days, but I think I feel like they're close. It would be a nice thing for Daniel. It would be a nice thing for the team to have that thing locked up and, and not have to worry about that position and then start worrying about everything else around the team and where Joe Shane thinks he can, uh, you know, fix it and make it right. So I feel that's close, and um, and hopefully that will come uh, to a fruition. So, you know, but here's the thing, uh, G. I got to tell you. You know, the, the Vikings looked pretty damn good yesterday, Doug. <laughs> and I know it's against the Bears, oh and I know God, it's outside. Are, I tell you, you're like, you've been watching a lot of those comedy routines with your Instagram reels, and I think that's where you're getting, like, some skill here. They looked pretty damn good yesterday. Yeah. They played a team who was trying to tank to get the number one overall pick. Yes. They played their third and fourth string quarterbacks yep. in the football yep. game. All right. So uh, what do you mean looks pretty you know, damn you still, good? You still got to gotta play. You got to show up and play. And you got to win. about the previous week when there was actually something on the line and they had an opportunity to get the two seed and then they would have had Seattle in week one and then a uh, home game in the divisional. So they had won that game and they got their teeth kicked in on national TV. How about that? But when they play the Bears, who are officially the worst team this year, who are trying to tank, they looked pretty damn good. Yeah, they did. Yeah, thanks. Okay, they did. good. good. They did. So, and they, that that's the dollar gets you a dollar. I'm just telling you what yeah, I saw. Right. You want to minimize it. Get of course, minimize it. Of course, I'm going to minimize it. What are you, what are you yeah, nuts? You know what? The team was you're, trying to tank. You're, they you're, played you're, a team who was trying to lose. Your team wins the NFC North. Yeah. It goes out there. First team in the history of football, 13 wins, negative I know, point differential. Point differential, 13. Yeah. We all know what they are. I'm trying to I'm trying to build you up here. You're not going to build me up. It's over. I mean, I know their defense is fraudulent. We all understand that. But I don't see, see, I, this is where I will disagree. You can't be a fraud if no one believes in you. There is nobody who believes in them. You know, I, I that you can't be a fraud if nobody thinks you're any good. You know what's the amazing thing is, as a, uh, just, Somebody who actually played 14 years in the league. And I I've heard that, I, yes. And I yeah. don't like to throw that out there. But I, every now and again, I like to throw it out there. Uh, just in regards to just the reality of what it what they've accomplished. Mm. You know, it's hard to win an NFL game. As the Jets have proven here in the last six weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. It's hard to win an NFL game yeah. when you got to go on the road. And, you, you know, the other team's got nothing to play for. Throwing caution to the yeah. wind. You might get guys hurt as Mike Williams got hurt. As Alex Kappa got hurt. Uh, in games yesterday, those are significant players for the uh, L.A. Chargers and the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, you know, there, there are things that happen in games. You can never take any game or any win for granted. It's hard. You know, and Phil says this. All the time in the NFL today, and I got to give him a lot of credit. You know, I don't like giving him credit. Sure. Uh, he says, you know, when you die as a coach, they put those numbers on your tombstone, your one loss record. And that's why, you know, coaches like Lovey Smith, you know, were not trying to lose yet. He wasn't. He was trying to win the game yesterday. He wants to win. And it's hard to tell a coach to back off. Now, the GM can say, you're playing this player, this player, that player. 
and make it happen. And that's the way that you kind of control it, which is uh, what I think that the Bears did with Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles out there as it's their first year there. So maybe they played Nathan Peterman in their fourth string quarterback. So they would lose and they would assure at least a shot at number one, depending on what Houston did. Yeah. So I, I look, it's just hard to tell players and coaches, you know, to, to throw a game. I'm just, the point being is that they won 13 games this year. They were, they had so many memorable wins this year and those 11 one score wins. Has, has to go down as one of the most exciting years in the history of a professional football team and what they accomplished. Yeah, and that's year. all it's going to amount to. And as we talked about with the Mets throughout the year, all those exciting moments, the 101 wins. Oh, man, we came in here. What a great summer. It doesn't mean anything when you get your face uh, lit on fire in uh, uh, Atlanta and then again at home against the San Diego right, Padres. I, so I, like I, me, I, you remember these seasons. Now, there's going to be a couple of wins in there in the regular season. I won't forget the, the Colts uh, comeback and then obviously the Bills game. But this season will be defined by losing to the Giants on Wild Card Week. And that, that's what it's going okay, to be. Okay, I will be I... reminded of that for the rest of my life. It's just one of those things. Just like the 2000 NFC Championship game, 41 nothing. I can never get away from that. Brian Rescona on Friday was reminding me of that. Just the other, I can't get away from it. Yeah. Tiki Barber, when I see him in the hallway and he's getting ready for Tiki and Tierney, he played in that game. I was, I can't get away from it. This is going to be another thing that I won't be able to get away from. And it might even be worse than all those other times. Because I've sat here and I've told you how the Giants were going to win four games this year and were going to be horrible. And that group, those guys that I have trashed incessantly, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, are going to go to Minnesota and they're going to beat my team. It's just going to happen. You have to accept it. And I know that you gave me that ah, as a guy who has played 14 years in the league. All right. As a guy who's been a Minnesota Vikings fan my entire life, let me tell you something. (laughs) This is the way it's going to go. Okay. Trust me. This is the way it's going to go. And you tried to flip me around in the 2017 NFC Championship game to get me all fired up for that when I told you they weren't going to go on the road and beat the Eagles. And I said, okay, fine. You're right, Boomer. Why waste these opportunities? Why be negative during the week leading up to a football game? They go right down the field on the first drive, score a touchdown, then don't score again the rest of the game. And Nick Foles looks like Joe Montana, and then he goes to the Super Bowl right after that. So it's over. It's fine. Congratulations to the Giants. I actually think now, after what happened yesterday, they're going to go into divisional playoff weekend, and they're going to have a shot at beating the Eagles. That's where my mind is now. My mind is now that the Giants have already moved on to the divisionals, and they have a shot. They're one of the teams that have a shot to go into Philly and beat them. They really do. I really believe that. That's where we're at. We're at. We're now starting to write another one of these magical Giants playoff runs because they're already in the divisionals. And they're going to play a Philly team that they played really tough yesterday with backups and schmucks and whoever. Are you? I know. So how about this? Stop! Don't call anybody schmucks. Playing an NFL game, you don't. You, All right. You don't be, be so schmuck. serious. For I know. God's I know. Sakes. But just you move guys, on and give me whatever stat you're. About so to you're. Read. I'm, I'm going to give you a stat. I'm just going to say that you are now. Basically claiming that the Giants are going to beat a 13-win team, yeah, a 14-win team. No, I said they have to have a and, really good and, shot against the Eagles. And if you really want to channel, yeah, the great Eli Manning, yeah, you go to San Francisco in an NFC Championship game, and you beat another 13-win team, the team that has the baddest defense in the NFL. You know what? I gotta. Could you imagine that if they went on and beat the Vikings, the Eagles, the 49ers, and then 
beat either the Bengals, the Chiefs, or the Bills in the Super Bowl. That would be that. That would be awful. And I, I did not, by the way, I did not say they were going to the Super Bowl. What I said was they're winning this week, and then they're going to have a chance to beat the Eagles. Yeah, I know that what is, you said, but I'm just saying. I'm, not, I'm not saying now like that, yeah. that all that stuff's going to happen. I right. just really believe they'll they'll get to the divisionals, they'll have a chance to beat the Eagles. But I, I mean, I, the Niners, I, I I believe they're very good. And and now you know with the two seed locked up and and playing at home and not having to go on the road with a rookie quarterback until potentially championship weekend is going to be big for them. But which doesn't look like it's going to happen. But but let me tell you, like we talk about this defense, the last two weeks, I don't know. Well, shaky, that'll be but fine. I mean, I know their defensive line is dominant. They'll but, be fine. But like you had, they looked. Awful against the Raiders, and then yesterday, I know that they took off in the second half, but that was more the the uh, Niners' offense against that that uh, Arizona Cardinals' defense. But like in the first half of that game, that defense was unimpressive as well. Like yeah, but their I, offense I is pretty impressive, even with a rookie quarterback. No, their really offense. Amazing. I'm not talking about their offense. Okay. I'm, I was just challenging the baddest defense in the NFL. Like they they may be, and they may figure it out in the playoffs. But the last two weeks, I, I expected more from them. Who has frankly. better defense than them? Yeah, defenses are hard. Good defenses are hard to come by in 2023 NFL football there, Boomer. How about yeah. Brock Purdy, 5-0 and as a starter. His team is averaging 33 points per game. His average per attempt, which is a very, very important number, is 8.9. That That's a big number at that at that uh that means he's getting a lot of yards per his attempt. I mean, he's got more touchdown passes than both Joe Flacco and Zach Wilson has played less games. Yeah, crazy. Absolutely nuts the run he's been on. All right, so here we are. This is it. You've got the wild card weekend. I'm not going to call it super wild card weekend. I think that's late. It's wild card weekend now. Wild card weekend is set. The Giants and the Vikings 430 on Sunday. And, of course, we're going to talk plenty of Jets and what type of changes will come from this horrible end to the season. It's Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Wild Card Weekend is set. Giants and Vikings Sunday at 4.30. I really do think that the result of the game last night threw the Wild Card Weekend schedule into complete disarray. It would have been totally different if the Packers were playing. I don't believe that the Giants and Vikings would have been in that Sunday 4.30 window if the Packers had won, but they didn't. And now you got the Seattle Seahawks in the playoffs instead of the Green Bay Packers. Jerry Recco is here to break all of this down. Giants Jets, NFL, Wild Card Weekend, everything else. Good morning, Jerry. Morning brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Also brought to you by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. 
Nobody. So, yeah, we'll start with the Giants and the Eagles yesterday in Philadelphia. The Giants wind up losing 22-16, to lined up for that onside kick. Who knows if they would have gotten it. Um, Jalen Hurts was back for Philly, 20 of 35, 229, and a pick. But the Eagles, the one seed, as they get the bye week for the Giants. They did not play a lot of their starters. Brian Dable liked the effort, though. Tough game, 60-minute game. Came down to a few plays, give uh, Philly credit, but um, thought our guys competed all the way to the end, and um, well, it was a tough game. Yeah, Davis Webb got the start 23 of 40, 168, one touchdown and a 14-yard rushing touchdown as well. Had the touchdown pass to, of all people, Kenny Galladay. Here was Webb. Enjoyed being out there. Very exciting. Um, I want to thank all the O-linemen and Marcus, KG, Cager, Gary, um, Matt. It was a lot of fun playing with those guys. And um, Darius came in a couple plays. I appreciate that. There you go. Very nice of him. Uh, in terms of the playoffs, the Giants, the six seed, as the guys have discussed, 440 against the Vikings. For the Eagles, they get the bye week and they'll need it. Nick Sirianni knows Jalen Hurts. Not exactly right, but he got through it. You didn't want to take any ne- unnecessary risks. Uh, we had to win the game however we needed to win the game. And you saw he made some plays with his feet. Um, but you know, just like, uh, you know, they were doing a lot of different things on defense, um, just throwing some stuff out there. And, you know, we obviously did some different things, uh, you know, because we'll always take into account our health of our players. And I think he said that uh, Hertz came out of it uh, feeling kind of sore, but uh, should be okay. So they will have the first I mean, round by. Yes. I understand there's a different philosophy with playing guys, not playing guys. I mean, I, I think with the 17-game season and the fact that there's only one team with a bye now, It really does change things. Like, I don't think you can compare what used to happen in the past to what happens now. And there was a couple of instances yesterday. I just could not understand why coaches had guys in. And and Brandon Staley and the Chargers were were one of those teams. They played three quarters, right, Justin Herbert? Yeah, and there were guys that were going down, too. I mean, they lost Mike Williams. Looked like a back injury, (sighs) and he may be done. I don't know. Which is just horrible. They just got him back. I mean, and, and when you're, you're locked into a seed or essentially locked into a seed, I just don't understand. And, and even, uh, Kevin O'Connell yesterday against the Bears, Dalvin Cook, he goes down, he grabs his knee, he goes into the medical tent. Now, they, the only way they were going to move up seating is if the Niners lost to the Cardinals. It was not going to happen. So he grabs his knees, holds his knee, goes to the medical tent, and I'm thinking, okay, like, let's just hope he's okay. He's not, then he comes back in the game after that. You guys want to play too. That's the other thing. They but, do want to play. But the way Brian Dable handled it was the right way to well, handle it. Well, a totally it. different it set of circumstances and situations, you know. Not first really. Of all, I mean, the, the Chargers were essentially locked in, and then the Vikings were essentially locked in, too. I, I, but I just think that for the Giants, uh, you know, having a bye week and getting everybody healthy and raring to go for the game in Minnesota, given all that they've been through over the last five to six years and Dable being smart about it. It, it made sense to me. I, I, I'm, but why I, would it make sense with every team? Like well, every team's been through every, a lot. Every team, every team has a lot of injuries. Every team is different. You know, every coach is different. Every te- you know that's that's the yeah. beauty of it all. Everybody's got injuries. Everybody's tired at the end of the year. Hey, they played Jalen Hurts four quarters yesterday, and he's got a shoulder problem. Where, right, but you know, he, they needed they pop, needed to pop. win the they needed to win the game, and the game got a little dicey. Then there was an onside kick at the end of the game, and they had to win it to get the one seed and the bye. So I'm, I'm talking about teams who really had nothing on the line playing these guys. It was just asinine. And Brandon Staley, I think it blew up in his face. Speaking of blowing up in their face, the Jets for 7-4 and four once. They finished 7-10. and 10. An ugly loss to the Dolphins yesterday. As it turned out, 11-6. There was that safety at the end, even though the graphic at the end showed 9-6. 11-6 the final. Uh, here's Rob Sala. 
not great, but still believes in this football team. I get outside noise. I get all that stuff. I get uh, the disappointment of a six-game losing streak. But um, honestly, the silver lining is that uh, we've got an unbelievable core group of guys. And uh, and I'm really excited for this offseason, really excited to see them take off. And we're going to get this opportunity again, and we've got to go finish. I want to talk about stock going down. You want to talk about this guy who everybody was talking about, Rob Sala, energy, this or that, to where he sits this morning? I mean, he's checking his key card when he walks in this morning. Make sure yeah, it still works. Man, I tell you, I, I, I agree that that should be a discussion. I don't fun from him, but this is just ugly. And the offense, and I understand Joe Flacco's playing, Zach Wilson's playing, I heard Mike White's playing, and that is part of the discussion. But to be this bad for this many weeks is just unacceptable. It was 44 points in our last five games. God. You know, the... the <laughs> boy, the the fact that it came out that Mike White had five broken ribs, yeah, and, and then they put him on the field in Seattle. Now what they, doctor cleared him then? I'm I'm like, you got to be some sort of like, <laughs> what are you doing? Player safety? That that's player safety? Sure. I mean, and this is just another one of those examples of how they blew it with quarterbacks. I mean, just <sighs> absolutely blew it this year with quarterback decisions and who to play when. And it just they just couldn't get it right. And then I know it. <laughs> Really doesn't matter because the Jets, of course, had nothing to play for in this game. But once again, you're sitting in this situation where they're blowing timeouts at the beginning of the second half for no reason at right. all. You know, tell tell C.J. Mosley that they weren't playing for anything yesterday. Well, you know what I mean. You know, tell uh, tell Quincy Williams. I know what you, I know what you mean, but I'm just telling you that those players, especially on defense, came to play yesterday. Right. And they, now they're playing against Skylar Thompson and everything. Hey. Devontae Smith, I mean, uh, Jalen Waddle and uh, Tyreek Hill got knocked out of the games. Yeah. I mean, so, like, that, that that defense showed up, man. Those guys showed up and they earned their paychecks. The offense with all the different deactivations and, you know, poor Joe Flacco looking like it's just so not nonchalant and so, like, not... It just feels like watching him, unfortunately, doesn't look like he's even into the game. And I'm sure he is, but that's his, that's his personality. He got mad when they called the intentional grounding. <laughs> and <that> was, <laughs> Here's Tyler Conklin. Oof. As Boomer just pointed out, not many points over the last month or so. So what happened? Yeah, it doesn't seem real. I mean, how do you have a collapse like that? Uh, I don't know. It's a tough question. Guys wish I had the answers for him. You know, I don't, I don't know why we haven't scored touchdowns. I mean, it's frustrating as hell. And how we dropped six straight when we're, you know, you, you think we'd have a pretty good shot at the playoffs at one point, right? You know, we just obviously didn't do what we needed to do to make that happen. It's just frustrating. No, they, they did not. They have a quarterback to get him in the, in the end zone. No. Oh, Miami is the seventh seed in the AFC thanks to New England losing in Buffalo. The game starting out. Uh, this way, as we heard from Jim Nance on CBS. We're underway as New England decided to defer after winning the toss. And here's Hines on the run back, breaking a tackle and taking it past midfield. And down the sideline he goes. This is storybook. An opening kickoff return for Tamar Hamlin. And this place is absolutely going wild. Oh, you just said this is storybook. This is almost fate. I just can't believe what just happened. Josh Allen, the same thing. Six days removed from this incredible can't believe it. scene that we saw with the Bills player down in Cincinnati. And now... Oh, oh. oh my God. Oh, I believe Oh, Jim. Oh. 
By the way, that was not a blowout game. I know 35-23 doesn't look close, but that game was close. Buffalo, though, comes away with the win. They are the two seed. Hines had not one but two kickoff returns for touchdowns. The second one, the Patriots let him score. Uh, he says, obviously, it was very emotional, as you can imagine. And so they had their uh, their teammate Hamlin with them the whole, uh, the every step of the way, as they say. Dude, you, you've seen, like, we have three zone. I had three on my thigh pads today. It's, it's been amazing, but all that was for him. And I'm, I'm happy for the things that happened to me, but I was spirited. I felt like he was out there with us. See, so Jerry, sports gods. No, nah, I'm sorry, wrong. Uh, no, yes. Wrong. Jerry, yes. Wrong. Yes. I thought they tried harder and actually executed all their blocks. And Jerry, then the second time, the Patriots let him score. Jerry, that these, one guy should be cut for that whiff these, on the tackle. These things just don't happen. They Jerry. do just happen. There's divine intervention. Oh, yeah. There's no. spirituality. Oh, stop There's, it, stop I'm it, telling stop you. So what, what did the Packers fan pray to Satan? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Dan Campbell. Oh, Dan Campbell, yeah. Dan right, Campbell, right, right, right. Um, God's on his side. Yeah, credit you know what, for the, the good. Lions, the Lions need something sometime soon. <laughs> And they got a little bit of it last They didn't night. make the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. If you said Dan Campbell, then you know what? After Nuts misses the field goal, the Rams would go down and score, and that game would have been for the playoffs last I, night. I have to say that there, there's nothing better than, you know, for Dan Campbell and the Lions than to knock Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, better than knocking out him out and making the playoffs. That would have been great. That would have been great. But, unfortunately, the Rams blew it. <laughs> anyway, Bengals beat the Ravens 27-16. Cincinnati the three seed. Baltimore the six. They will play again next week. Elsewhere of note, I just mentioned uh, the kick. So here was Seattle lining up to win this game at the end of regulation against the Rams. The spot. The kick is away. Hurry up and get there. It hits the upright and bounces off. Oh, man, and they would go to overtime where they went three and out. They did nothing with the ball. The Rams get it, then Mayfield throws the ball down the field, gets picked off. And then you had, how is that a penalty on Jalen Ramsey? I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, and then, he's, standing on, he's standing out, I don't know. Geno Smith, it's him. That's what it looked like, yes, I'm 100% I mean, he was, he was really just standing there. I mean, he was, yeah. he was essentially just standing there, and he sort of just protected himself and put his shoulder down. I mean, and and for whatever reason, every Seattle staffer, and there's like four hundred thousand people on NFL sideline. By yes. the way, I don't understand. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, it's like it's it's like not even real how many people are there. All these guys are freaking out. DK Metcalf basically, you know, loses his mind, points his finger in Jalen Ramsey's face. I mean, this at was worst, the biggest overreaction at, of all time. At, at worst, it should have been offsetting penalties because DK Metcalf actually puts his finger in the face of Jalen yeah, Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. It should have been a penalty. Yeah, it should have been offsetting penalties. Was no God sitting in the front row, Boomer? Huh. He was the 12th man in Seattle. Are we going to do this for every game now? <laughs> uh, I might, yes. Okay. As a matter of fact, it's possible. Uh, then Jason Myers did make the game-winning kick, and Seattle beats the Rams in overtime 19-16. Seattle would then pray for uh, a win. <laughs> they got there, their prayers were answered. <laughs> it's the Lions beat the Packers at Lambeau. That, that's a prayer answered, man, when you think about it. Um, Aaron Rodgers, who's been smoking the uh, ashwagandha lately. <laughs> <laughs> Man. So stupid as he was trying to wish his way into the playoffs. Will Unfortunately, way. whatever, wish, yeah. will, pray, 
Guess what? He's going home. Three receivers left, one right. Rodgers has got it. Back blitz comes. Rodgers throws deep down the right sideline. It is intercepted by the Lions. Kirby Joseph's got it. To the 45, to the 50, and into Green Bay territory where he shoved out of bounds. Now, if that's a rookie, we're sitting there saying, what are you doing throwing that ball up for grabs? 100%. You know, uh, uh, Baker Mayfield did this yesterday. Same Good thing. Gosh. Anyway, oh, same what a thing. shame, really. What a shame. All the Aaron Rodgers stuff, everybody, everybody, NBC picked the Packers. It was all Packers. Not Tony Packers. Dungy. Tony Dungy took was the, the Lions. And yeah. I took the Lions, by the way. I, I did. I also smoked you guys I also, weekend. I, I, yeah, I went 4-1. and one. Oh, did you really? I did, but you smoked me all season. But I did go 4-1, and one, and I also picked the Lions to win this game uh, on, our, on our picks. But it's just, it's really a shame with Aaron Rodgers that he's not in the playoffs, <laughs> so we don't get to see him again. So now he can smoke his ayahuasca and get a massage from his dead uncle in Costa Rica again. So that's what his offseason will I be. I it was Peru. Uh, wherever the hell it is. Okay. But uh, see you later. Spoken like a true Viking fan oh, that thinks that his team is going to lose. Well, too bad. The Giants. Is it see you later? I mean, that's the question for yeah, him now. You never know. It's a normal thought, but at some point the carousel comes to a stop. And it's time to get off. And I think you you kind of know when that is. And that's what needs to be contemplated. You know, is it time? Uh, also, what's the organization doing? You know, this it's part of it as well. Brett Favre, 2.0. Here yeah, we go. Just, <laughs> I'm off his carousel at this point. I'm getting off. You might be on it and contemplating I'm getting off your carousel. Uh, the Steelers won Sunday, but they don't make the playoffs because the Dolphins beat the Jets. Mike Tomlin, the end of the season, quite abrupt. You know, it comes to a screeching halt. This offseason thing, I don't know that I pondered that. I was preparing for the potential of next week, and so I don't have the answer to that as I sit here. About what it feels and like to have the Jets season over. blew it. They did? Well, also, that, that uh, horse collar call was, was terrible. It wasn't no, a horse collar. Neither one of those teams were moving the ball. It I was praying for a bad call. And that's what happened. Yeah, that 15 yards really changed everything. And if that game ended in a tie... The Steelers would have yeah. made it in. Yes. So, I mean, the, the Jets did blow it, yes, but that call was a big factor in that game. I think the most excited I saw Joe Flacco yesterday is when they ran that last play. <laughs> and somebody threw the ball back to him, and then he had to get rid of it. Right. right. He had a quick release. Yeah, it was, it that was, was then. About the quickest release of the, of the day. Right. Yeah. And then, and then right when the clock was zero, and he was like, thank God I don't have to play football anymore. <laughs> he actually said he felt as good as ever yesterday. And he's going to play as long as he can. We'll see. Uh, real, and I'll have a story on him next hour with some sound. Texans scored late and got the two-point conversion and beat the Colts while the Bears lost to the Vikings. And so Chicago gets the number one pick in the NFL draft. Um, I have time for this now. Let's see. Uh, Houston fired Lovey Smith. He gets just the one year. The Broncos reportedly speak to or will speak to Sean Payton. And Jim Harbaugh plans to interview as well. Panthers looking to talk with Frank Reich and Jim Caldwell about their opening this week. You guys have run through the schedule uh, coming up. You got the College Football National Championship game tonight with TCU and Georgia. You know, that brings up that. Did you see what Quay Walker did last yeah, night? Yeah, just yes. a complete yes. ball. And he had one of his teammates, too, uh, Lancaster, I think his name was, who ended up like, he ended up sort of pushing the guy, too, after Quay Walker. So if you didn't see it, a Lions uh, medical staffer and CBS Sports that was playing it comes up to check on DeAndre Swift. There's a Quay Walker is standing there. The medical staffer just gently like puts his hand on him to try to squeeze by so he could check on the player. And then Quay Walker ends up pushing the medical staffer in the back. And then you had the other teammate, 95, uh, steps up and then he ends up 
bumping the guy too with his shoulder because he's thinking that something egregious is going on. So I mean, Silly. especially after last week, we're talking about lauding these medical staffers and how they saved a life on the field, and then you got these sleazeball Packers sitting there pushing these guys around the field. That had to be, I mean. That's one of the dumbest things I think you'll ever see, given what we just went through. Yeah, I mean. Just what everybody went through and what DeMar Hamlin was dealing with. And then you see this. Right. You know, in a nationally televised game, like, what in the world is this guy thinking about? Now, this is the second ejection of the year for him. Yeah, and he did get thrown out, which was great. At least there was some consequence there. Yeah, you know, and, and Matt LaFleur, once again, you know, is like, this is this is like... He didn't have to answer the question, other than it's unacceptable, of course. Sure. Because he can't even process it. He's got a quarterback that's going to go smoking ayahuasca somewhere. He's got a defensive rookie that's absolutely losing his mind on the field. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Nets beat the Heat 102-101. Royce O'Neal the tip-in with three seconds to go. Kyrie Irving at 29-17 for Kevin Durant, but got his right knee rolled in the third quarter. Evaluated today. Brooklyn has won 18 of 20, and tonight the Knicks are home for the Bucks. All right, thanks, Jerry. It is Boomer and Geo coming to you live for the Built Ford Tough Studio. Jets were a disaster, and it was uh, bound to happen. I, we, hell, I picked the Jets to win this week because they were playing against, unfortunately, Skylar Thompson, who did get hurt a little bit yesterday's game and, and really had a hard time dealing with the defense and all that other stuff. But the Jets just couldn't muster any sort of offense. And I know how bad the Jets feel this morning. There's no question about it. I got to think that teams like the Green Bay Packers feel awful this morning. Um, you think about... Like the the way that the Cowboys lost yesterday, and you know what, I, what was going on with them. I mean, that was just terrible. I mean, terrible is an understatement. I I don't think I've ever seen Dak Prescott play that bad in my life. And they had played the starters. It's not like they were pulling guys out. I mean, Ceedee Lamb was out there. Dak Prescott was out I mean, they there. Michael Gallup was out there. Hey, listen, they, if they would have come off that field yesterday. Losing that game and Philadelphia getting beat by the Giants. Yeah, I mean, and it was close at the end. Like we said, there was an onside kick there at the end of the Giants-Eagles. I mean, I, I just, I mean, we're talking about Sam Howell. We're talking about a commander's team that, that really had nothing going on. I mean, they that offense, that Dallas Cowboys offense yesterday was as bad. They, they were almost as bad as the Jets and Dolphins were. It's, it's so hard to predict these things. But, you know, that defense for the commanders showed up yesterday. They did, I, yeah. If that, I, you know, I don't know. Carson Wentz, three interceptions last week, out of the playoffs. I mean, and that team's a good team. Like they, they, they got to feel sick to their stomach too. It's great beating the Cowboys for sure. The last game of the season. It's great for Sam Howell winning his rookie debut. Yeah, but you got to think, man, what the hell were we like? They screwed up the quarterback position down there. Oh, 100 percent. Now injuries have a lot to do with a lot of these decisions that the coaches end up having to make. Like Rob Sala makes the decision early on. Okay. Zach Wilson gets hurt. Let's go with the the veteran Joe Flacco. I guess they go what one and two with Joe Flacco, and they have that r- miraculous comeback at, at Cleveland. Yep. And yeah, so he wins one game, and then all right, let's go back to Zach Wilson, and then let's go to Mike White. Let's go back to Zach Wilson. Let's go back to a five broken rib Mike White. Let's go back to Joe Flacco. I mean, yeah, it's just I, like you you couldn't have made any. I, I don't know. I don't even know how you would make a right decision. I well, don't even know what the right decision is. I'll tell, we, well, we went through this the other day, and and I I'm confident in saying. 
that at the time I said these things. And there were a couple of things that probably would have played out correctly. Now, we didn't know the extent of the five broken ribs. You know, there were multiple ribs. We were also told that Mike White was okay yeah. and cleared to play. And then we find out the really the severity of it. And you're like, why the hell did he play in that game? So that's another one of those bad Especially decisions. with the way that he did play. You could see that he wasn't 100%. Right. It was, it, when it wasn't even who was starting that week, because there were like four or five of those decisions, but it was also in-game quarterback decisions that we were screaming about at the time. Now, we don't know how it would have worked out, but I feel like making those changes would have given the Jets a chance in a couple of these games that they ended up losing. And I don't know, is, is Trevler hurt or something like that? I thought that was a nice little change-up they had with him when they, put him when they brought him in against Jacksonville. Right, and then it's, oh, go read a book, get away from the game, Zach. You know, and then all of a sudden, Mike White doesn't play, Joe Flacco's in there, and then they elevate Zach Wilson to the backup quarterback. So what are you doing? So then you're telling me, hey, he has to get away from the game, read a book, do something, all this stuff, and then they make him a backup after, I mean, Strebler, I hope he's hurt because it doesn't make any sense. Because then you're thinking if Flacco goes down, now Zach Wilson has to play, which is the thing you were telling us you didn't want to do. I'm thinking I, if Strebler's not hurt, I'm thinking yesterday they could have used him just for a little shot of energy. I mean, I, I, it would like your C4 in the morning. Exactly. That, that, that exactly what he would have provided for them. But I just, I, I don't understand, like, organizationally, I know that these quarterback decisions aren't just Rob Sala, but none of them have made sense to me. Not a single one. And then it even got worse yesterday with the fact, I mean, I don't know how you go from, we're not playing Zach Wilson, he is going to be completely inactive because he has to get away from the game, to making him the backup quarterback. Well, they're giving him a mental day is what they're giving him, what? a mental year, but I, I will just what? say that. Pink slips are coming, man. Pink slips are coming. I don't like talking about it, but it is true. This With the is a, Jets, a, you're saying? It's a results business, man. It is a 100% results business. And the, and the wild card in all of this, in all of these teams, is the owners and how they perceive their teams and what is being said in their ear from their inner circle about how things are looking. You know, uh, you watch Brian Dayball and you watch how the Giants reacted to him. And I think that John Merrick can wake up this morning and say, you know, we got the right guy. I think he felt that way, you know, after like five weeks in the season. We got the right guy. We got the right guy. And um, if you're Woody Johnson, you wake up this morning and you're like, my God, what the F just happened to my team? And you got to you got to feel like there's got to be something that's going to have to change because I, unfortunately, we know we're going to hear from all the Jet fans. We're going to hear from all the, you know, the voices on this radio station. Same old Jets, same old Jets, same old Jets, same old It's going to be the same thing over and over and over again. And the question is, is when does that carousel stop? And when do you decide to, you know, try to fight through all this negativity and, same and, old Jets. and decide whether or not this group is the group that's going to move it forward? And when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about the coaching staff. I don't think the GM's going anywhere. I think the GM has made a lot of good decisions here. The, the problem with him is that the second overall pick of the draft two years ago go has turned into a mental disaster. Yeah, I'm not saying that Rob Sala can't get better if he remains the Jets head coach and learn from the last two seasons. But as I sit here now after two seasons of Rob Sala, I am confident in saying that he is not a good head coach. And the reasons why we have talked about the mishandling of the quarterback position is just what was an atrocity this year. The ill preparation for some of these games last year and this year have been just eye-opening. The fact is you talked about how he's trying to thread this needle with Zach Wilson and having his back, but yet he lets his players wear the effing Mike White t-shirts to make that situation even worse 
than it was to begin with, not really having control of that when he pretended like he did. I, and I just, and for the offense and the coaching staff in general, I mean, to have as bad of a finish offensively as they did. Now, I know the quarterback situation was terrible, but that's also their own doing. But, I mean, to not score touchdowns for four games, I mean, to be as putrid as they were, I mean, we've seen, I, I don't know how many examples we could give of guys that come in and compete and score in horrendous situations. I mean, I, I understand they ended up getting blown out, but in the first half, of that uh, Arizona-San Francisco game, David Blau's going up and down the field scoring touchdowns against the 49ers, for God's sakes. Jared Stidham comes in last week and throws for 300 yards and keeps them in that game. We could go on and on. Sam Howell is throwing a ball down the field, 70 yards to tie, to uh, McLaurin. I mean, you could just you could go on and on and on about these guys who step in. I mean, Davis Webb. Brock, well, Brock Purdy's the best example of them yes. all, but I'm just giving you other guys. Davis Webb throws that touchdown pass to Kenny Galladay, but somehow the Jets can't score a touchdown in four weeks? I mean, that, if that isn't an indictment on this coaching staff, I don't know what is. I just awful. And this, awful. Is the, this is the thing. So when you wake up the day after or you're flying back the day of uh, the final game of the season and you take in totality what has happened during the year, the the coaches and, of course, the GM are going to be talking about, you know, hey, look, we got a foundation. We have foundational players here. We're going to have the offensive rookie of the year in Garrett Wilson. We're going to have the defensive rookie of the year in Sauce Gardner. And those guys had great years, and you picked them, and great for you guys. And, and that's great. But at the end of the day, as uh, Michael LaFleur said last week, it's a result-oriented business. And if your results are what you see here and you have a – impatient or impetuous owner, I don't think he's going to want to fire the head coach because I don't think he's going to want to pay Adam Gaze and, you know, Rob Sala their contracts. Yeah, I don't think so. And then hire another guy. I don't think Sala's going anywhere either. I I do agree with that. But uh, I know that Mike LaFleur and Rob Sala came here together and their buddies and everything else. But something's got to there's got to be some sort of shake up there. And they got to get somebody in with experience. And I understand these last two years are experience for Mike LaFleur, but they have to get somebody in here. I mean, they lost Greg Knapp tragically before the season last year. They have not replaced him and this coaching staff with anybody with experience. And that's what they need. They need someone on that sideline offensively who has seen it all in the NFL. You know what's amazing to me is that there have been games where that offense and the system works. It does work. And it and it can move up and down the field. Uh, when you have a confident quarterback that back there that's healthy and feels good about his game. And there were games where they were able to move the, the ball up and down the field. They just weren't able to score touchdowns. They're probably either the fourth worst or the third worst team in terms of points per game this year. And these last six games haven't helped that average, of course. But you look at the injuries that they had. They all were significant. The quarterback carousel never works. Uh, you just don't score. You just don't gain any confidence. There's no, there's no rhythm with the offense whatsoever. The quarterbacks are struggling. Um, and no matter who's back there. And, and they're getting hit, too, by the way. And when you lose two of your starting offensive linemen, you lose your starting running back, uh, you're, you got your quarterbacks in a, on a carousel. These are all things that, you know, lead to what we have seen here the last six weeks, which is really unfortunate. All right, Boomer.
Warren Geo coming to you live for the old Ford Tough Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. Wild Card Weekend set. Giants Vikings 440 on Sunday. And of course, you've got the Monday night football playoff game this year for the first time ever. That is going to be the Cowboys and the Bucks. And there's a lot of these games that, man, it, like they're just there's toss-ups. And there's two that you believe are going to be very easy victories for the opponents, the home teams that are hosting. And that is the Seahawks going to the 49ers and the Dolphins going to the Bills. I also think the Bengals, you know, they're a five-and-a-half-point favorite. A lot of people are going to love the Bengals. You know, the rest of these games to me are complete toss-ups. Well, three out of the six games are divisional rematches. Yeah. So Seahawks, 49ers rematch, Dolphins, Bills rematch. I don't know if Tua's playing. I haven't read anything about that. I, I doubt he's playing. He hasn't practiced at all. And then you have the Ravens at the Bengals. And, you know, Lamar Jackson hasn't done anything for two months. Anything. He hasn't practiced. It's I not don't... two months, is it? It's, I think it's, yeah. eight, it's one month. Isn't it one month? No, it's more than that. All right. It's not two months, though. I feel, right? I feel like it's seven weeks. Really? I mean, I don't, it may, I'm just thinking, how long can you sit out and then, you know, just magically show up and practice and play in a game? Now, I don't think they're expecting him to play. And I don't think people realize just how injured he is. Yeah, so he left the game on December 4th. Yeah. Okay. So we are now, it's going to be this weekend will be what, f- six weeks, right? Coming up, yes, but yeah. it's been yeah, it's been six f- weeks, five to this point, yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's a long time. You're right. Now, if there's a guy, who- and especially the way he plays, like you saw how Jalen Hurts played yesterday, did he look like sharp to you? No, no, he that's didn't. a young kid that has just basically missed three games. Yeah, and he, I, I thought games, it was two and a half games. Critical for him to play in that game too, before heading into the playoffs with having a bye week too, because that would have been a long, extended stretch of him not out right. there. And as Nick Sirianni said, you know, he did make some first downs with his legs. That's the difference between between him and Gordon Minshew that he can keep a a series going by just taking off and, and making some plays. But he's not one hundred percent. But he needs the week off. But he needed to play four quarters of football to get that feeling back. Even though he had only missed what two games. You know, it's it's amazing. The two top teams in the NFC, the one and the two seed, the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I know that Jalen Hurts had an amazing year, and he was an MVP favorite there for a while, but he got hurt, and the last time we saw him yesterday against the Giants wasn't sharp. But he's also a guy that we have not seen really have these massive playoff games. We've seen him in college play big games, but this will be his first foray into like real, legit, like Super Bowl contender type games. And then Brock Purdy as well. I mean, it doesn't usually work out that way. We've got two giant question marks of guys who have not had those major playoff experiences, you know, going into these games. And as great as Brock Purdy has played, and, and that's why it was crucial for them to get the two seed as well, because it guarantees them two home games. I just but, think that, you know, their offense is so good that, you know, they, they're getting the right team. You know, it's a team within their division, which, you know, well, that makes, it makes it tough. Them. They should be able to, you know, beat their defense pretty, the Seahawks defense down pretty good. I mean, I know we saw a Seahawk defense that sh- uh, shut down the Jets, but that's a different, this is a different, completely different animal. Yeah, I mean, I would be very surprised. And then it's just a perfect situation for him to get a playoff game under his belt as a rookie in the last pick in the draft and Mr. Irrelevant to be home against the Seahawks. You know, I just, it's just perfect for him to be like, okay, it's not so hard. Not so, so, hard. I, so out of the three wild card teams on the road in the NFC, you think the Giants are going to win? Yep. Number six. Yep. You think Seattle's going to lose? Yep. And what about the Cowboys and Bucks on Monday night? Oh, man. The Cow- 
I don't oh, know. Tom Brady owns the Cowboys, by the way. I know, and and the Cowboys, I don't love. Like I don't know, just the way I looked, watched them yesterday. You know, outdoors in that game, and I know that they beat the hell out of my team, forty to three. But they looked awful yesterday. I mean, and the Bucks have looked bad the entire year. That that I would, as I sit here right now, I feel like I I, I would give the Bucks a nod by a by a hair. They're at home and they're playing the Cowboys, right? Just just I mean, a hair. You know, but and, and you know, the Cowboys just raises everybody's antenna, just like yesterday for the Washington Commander, Commanders. And I, out of all the players. Starting playoffs this year, 2023, the player with the most pressure on his shoulders is, wow, I know who it is. All right, hold on. Go heading into the playoffs. Right now, right now, heading into the playoffs, you know, we have 14 teams that made the playoffs. Which player will be under the most scrutiny and under the most pressure as these playoffs start? I'm going to say Josh Allen. Because this team has been a Super Bowl favorite, that he is, a, it's been an MVP discussion. This is supposed to be their year. Then you have all the emotion of what happened with the team. If he comes out and doesn't play well in the playoffs, that would be, he, he's got to bring this team oh, to the Super what? Bowl. So he's indestructible. He'll play well in the playoffs. It's Dak Prescott, one hundred percent. Dak Prescott, one hundred percent. Yeah, but how, what are the expectations for them right now? They, you know, until yesterday, the expectations were they could still have gotten a number one or possibly winning the NFC East, and they were, you know, they're trending upward. And yesterday, all of a sudden, they lay an egg. He was so bad. I, that's what I'm saying. That's that's why you know I don't want to you know belabor the Dallas Cowboys. I don't really care. I mean, but the point being is that if if you ask me, going into the playoffs, the player that is under the most pressure because he's thrown like almost the most interceptions in a league. I mean, that's how bad it's been. Yeah. Now, Tom Brady set a league record for attempts this year. 733 attempts by a 45-year-old quarterback. Yeah. He completed 67% of his passes and only threw nine interceptions. And how many freaking drop passes did they oh. have this year? Yeah, I know. And they had such a weird year. It was year. like Green Bay last night in the first half dropping passes. All right, did you see the spreads yet for Wild Card Weekend? I have not. All right, you want to go through a couple of them? We can, sure. All right, uh, so we'll start with the first one, Seahawks 49ers. 49ers by 7. 10. 10, okay. Uh, Chargers at Jaguars. Saturday night. Uh, I'm going to say this one's a tight one. This one's a tight one. Am I right? Yeah, it's tight. It's tight. Toit, toit, toit. Oh. Are the Chargers favored by one and a half? They are, absolutely are. Oh, baby. Right on the nuts. Give me some of that. Uh, Dolphins at Bills Sunday, uh, Bill, one Bill, o'clock. Bills by 12. Ten and a half. Okay. Uh, Giants at Vikings Sunday, 4.30. Vikings, four and a half. Three. Ravens at Bengals Sunday night football. Bengals by three and a half. Six and a half. Oh, boy. Six and a half. I'll tell you, you know, if just I'm yeah. sorry. Watch <laughs> watching this Bengals Ravens game yesterday. Right, so you got the Joe Mixon pulling a quarter out of his yeah, blog coin flip. Yeah. It's, it's gonna cost him ten grand, whatever. Um you could just see John Harbaugh seething on the sideline, you know? And this comes from directly, you know, Coach Cower and Phil, who are watching that game intently. Um just you could just see it like Everything that he wants to have happen is happening in front of him. 
and there's a little scuffle towards the end of the game, pushing yeah. and shoving. Right. And, you know, he is going to be beating that drum starting this morning. We're going back there to kick their ass. You could just see it. Sure. He's going to need Lamar Jackson, though. Yeah, he's hoping to get Tyler Huntley back. I don't know. He's got a bad right shoulder and right wrist, so we'll see. They are not beating the Bengals. Okay, Bucks and Cowboys. Yeah, uh, we have Cowboys traveling to Tampa the Monday night football game wild card weekend. Bucks by two? No. Cowboys favored by five. Cowboys favored by three. Three. Okay. Cowboys I'm minus that one. three. All right, let's go to Bill who's out in Pennsylvania this morning. Good morning, Bill. Hi, how you guys doing? Good, Bill. What's up? Bill, man? I'm great. I don't know about my partner, but I am great. How are you today? I understand what you're saying about your partner. I've been a diehard Viking fan. Go Vikes! For 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. And this morning, I love this show. I watch it every morning. I actually had to turn this show off. Oh, the and then call and listen to us on hold. Vikings <laughs> and not giving us, you know, not giving us any hope whatsoever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatsoever. I had to listen to Keyshawn Johnson for five minutes. You were on hold. You were That's listening not- to us, Bill. Let's not pretend you were going oh, somewhere no, else, all right? No, so you were listening I've to us on hold. i for over an hour. All right, so... Well, we got a lot of things to say, Bill. In the morning, you know, we got to get up. We got to get right. involved. You we got to give know. our opinions. Yeah, I, oh, I understand that. All right, I okay. understand that. Okay. I mean, but uh, you got to give us some chance. Come on, now, G. Come on. Granted, I watch this team all year long, and mm. people tell me, oh, boy, they're this 12 and 4. This. I've watched them every week. Yep. And I'm just like, I'm like, when they win a game, I just laugh. I don't even share. It's like, boy, it's another, oh, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, I mean, so, so you're in, you're in lockstep with G here then. Right, I mean, it's been, it's been, no, there's no. going to be a couple of moments that we'll remember forever as fans of this oh, team. I, the I, Buffalo but, game and the Indianapolis comeback. You know, there's some other really fun wins in there too. The 61 yard field goal to beat the Giants, the Jet game holding them off. There's a couple of really good wins in there, beating the crap out of the Packers week one, but. This is where it ends. I mean, it's just you have to come to terms with it, Bill. And it's all because of me. So I apologize to you. I apologize to every Viking fan that was alive before me. Everybody on the team, top to bottom, who have been working their ass off. It's all because I've trashed the Giants the entire year. And this is the way it's going to end. The Vikings world revolves around me. And I, I'm sorry, but it's just the way that it's going to work. And I'm not saying, listen, if I lived somewhere else, if I did something else, if I was Bill in Pennsylvania, if I was Tyler in Minnesota, if I was you know, Fred in South Dakota, yeah, I would say, eh, you know, Giants, decent matchup for the Vikings. You know, they're going to play a close game. Vikings win close games. They already beat them once. Okay. That's what I would say. But I know better sitting here. I know better. You know what you're becoming? You're becoming the Vikings sphere of negativity. The fear of negativity? Severe. Sphere. Severe. Oh, the sphere of negativity. The sphere of negativity. Yeah, you ever see one of those those balls you could buy like at Spectrum? And sure. they, have, they have all those electric, you know, yeah, yeah, ions yeah, 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 in the yeah. balls you put your hand and all that on stuff. Yeah. That's what you are. You're becoming the sphere of negativity. Okay. Um, and I'm sorry for Viking fans out there, but I'm happy for Giant fans. I think I'm sure you're making them very happy right now. Yeah, I would I would hope so. Either and that or you're buttering them up and softening no, them up. No, 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 That's not what it is. You know me. I've been doing this forever. I just you know. You and got a bet on this game? Why would I bet on, a, on a, something I can't win? Okay. All right. All right. Just make it why sure. Would I, why would I do that? It's a Monday. Unless I got, he wants I got to a, take the Vikings, then I'll make a bet for him. With him. You know, I... 
it's a Monday. Uh, I, now I have to do all my probing. I'm kind of probing out there to see what's going on. Doing some probing. Right. And I see that you're becoming the negative sphere of a Viking uh, disdain. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel bad for you. I really do. You don't feel bad for me at all. I love you, man. You do not feel I bad do. for me at all when it comes to this. You love it. I mean, you've been no, talking about how bad they are. You're like, oh, man, the Cowboys ripped them. Oh, man, the Packers ripped them. Oh, man, look at all these stats. This is what you've been doing all year long. So you don't you don't feel bad for them at all. I feel bad for us because it's kind of like we're in a weird spot. You know, I mean, like we're dangling. Like, I, 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 I always like, I don't like the gray matter that's in between all of this. I like it one way or the other. It's either... It's black and white. Like, are you for the Vikings? Are you think your team's going to win? No. And obviously, no, well, you're why, the other way. And I feel you, bad. I just can't wrap my head around that thought process. Why can't you want your team to win but know that they're not going to? I am a glass half full guy. I don't know if you've been able to okay. kind of notice that. Right. But it's, it's I, I want them to win. Okay. I would be thrilled if they did. But it's not going to happen. I don't know. It's sort of like any sort of situation. Like, all right, like I want to win the Mega Millions, and I'm still going to play Jackpocket, and I'm still going to sit there, and, and I've won on Jackpocket. But it's like I want to win the $1.1 billion at Jackpocket. I want you to win it, too. And I would be thrilled if I did. Would you stay in Sayville? Yeah, I think I would. You would. Yeah, You'd I think move I would. down to the water. I'm, well, yeah, no, I'm, I'm close enough. Or would you buy a $250 million house in Southampton? I don't know what I would do, quite frankly. I'd tell you what to do. You know what I would do? I'd, yeah, I'd, 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 I'd go and buy the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> That's not enough money. No, uh, of course. But no, if I had, if I, 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 wa- I would want to win the $1.1 billion. I'd be thrilled if I did, but I know it's not going to happen. It's sort of that thing. All you right, know, okay. It's the same, it's same, same kind of thing. Same thought process. Yeah, we're, we're in a weird spot. We'll get through it. It's not a weird we spot. We always get through it. We'll get reality. through it. It's not weird at all. I feel like it's a weird spot. I mean, good for the Giant fans, and we'll have an extra week of playoff talk for the Giants. Al, do you feel like this is a weird spot we're in right now with them or no? Um, it probably will get weirder as the week goes on, like Friday. I mean, there's a lot of negativity emanating from him, am but I it's right? Good, but it's good negativity because most people listening are Giant fans. So that's good. To, if I'm a Giant fan, I'm thrilled to be here in this. Yeah, I mean, it's just... and. Like I said, it's great to be able to plan a week ahead because I know it's tough for guys who are like, oh, should I be going to Philly or not? Like looking at stuff. So you can just knowing that you're going to move on, you can now plan that trip to Philadelphia. Right. No way Geno Smith is going to beat the San Francisco 49ers, right? No, 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 no. So that's that's etched in stone. And that's going to be a great game, Divisional Weekend. And we're going to have a lot of fun with that Giants-Eagles. That's going to be a lot of fun. And then Spike might come up with some idea where we do like a – Cross talk or something? With no, we're not, we're, not do, we're not doing that. Some cool thing like that. We're know? not doing that. And that's you know I, what's going to happen. Midday does that. You know what's going to happen. Time for one geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. The playoffs are set. Jerry Recco is here to break all the NFL stuff down. What's up, Jerry? Morning, brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. We'll start with the Giants and Eagles. Yesterday, that was the late game 
in Philly. Eagles win 22-16. They take the one seed and the bye week in the NFC. Jalen Hurts was back a little rusty, but he got the win. Boston Scott with a touchdown run. Davis Webb, the start for the Giants. He threw for 168 yards, one touchdown. Ironically enough, it goes to Kenny Galladay, who says his teammates, by the way, nice catch, too, in the back of the end zone. Teammates happy for him. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, and that just makes me more appreciative, really, uh, that those guys got hyped for me, you know, even though we were, you know, you know, losing the game. Uh, that means a lot. Imagine if you had him all season making catches like this. Huh. Well, you got to throw him the ball first. You know, yeah, well, he's got to catch it when you throw it to him. I mean, it's not like they have this this awesome passing game. Let's let's be, you know, let's dial it back a little bit. Perhaps if they had some ball, like some guys that would catch the ball, they might. I, yeah, I understand. I don't want to get into all this. I'm happy for the kid, and you saw how everybody reacted to him on the side. Yeah, no, good for him. Yes. It's been a long year for him, and who knows? Maybe maybe he becomes something here in the playoffs. Maybe well, that will unlock him. Who knows? It is on to the playoffs for Brian Dable. When you play a team close all the way to the end, um, usually the team that makes a few more plays wins the game, and, and they did. So, uh, you know, all our preparation will be geared towards uh, that team. They're a fantastic team, well coached, and we're going to have to do a good week of preparation. And that team, of course, the Vikings, Saquon Barkley. Can't wait. It's a familiar opponent because we just played him not too long ago. Uh, but just excited for the opportunity. You know, you, that's what you want as a as a player, as a, a guy in leagues, you want to make it to the playoffs, and you get the opportunity. And we know we're going to a hostile environment. We've been there, a familiar opponent. Um, I'm just ready to get home and start working on them and get ready for the. Let me tell you, the coaching advantage for the Giants in this game is stark. It just is, and I understand that Kevin O'Connell in his first season won 13 games, but. There was a horseshoe stuck up his butt most of the year. Oh, boy. And oh, Brian Dable's the coach of the year. It's, sta- it's stark. The difference in coaches is stark. And when you talk about preparation of both these guys, and they talk preparation, giving all we got, getting rid of the playoffs, uh, I, I, don't, I don't trust. Here we go. I don't trust Kevin O'Connell. I don't trust. So Giants-Vikings <laughs> on Sunday at 440. Uh, as for the Jets, they lost. Uh, no touchdowns. They lost 11-6 to the Dolphins in a game that was as boring as that final score sounds. Jason Myers kicked three field goals, including the late one, to give them the lead after that personal foul. Was it Quincy Williams mm-hmm. who was on uh, for a horse collar? That really wasn't. So Miami is... Well, the now s- so there's people that are telling me... And- I don't know the rule. There's, there's now you like I your hand has to be inside. No, 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 it doesn't have to be inside. You can't pull a guy down by the back of the the top and back of the jersey. But it was underneath the nameplate. Let's take a look at it. Like, look there, where his hand right is. right on the name. No, plate. but he's, he hasn't pulled him down yet. Look where his hand is when he actually. Look where his hand is. That's under the nameplate. Yeah, but if you're if you're if you are a official and you're looking at that, you're looking no, at it's a, it's done name. Yeah, plate. that's what I'm saying. You're looking at it from. You know, that, that yeah. you're pulling him down from the jersey from behind. I don't like it. That's what it is. Anyhow, Joe Flacco started for the Jets. He engineered no no, no touchdown drives. Uh, his kids were there, which was kind of cool. They also love punishment. Uh, and Tyreek Hill, uh, as it turns out. They're all Tyreek Hill fans, obviously. I mean, who isn't? What kid isn't? But my dad promised them that, hey, if your dad's playing that last week, I'll take you down to Miami and, and, we'll, and we'll go see the game. And all of a sudden on Thursday, I'm like, hey, man, like I'm playing. And so his dad took them to the game, and they enjoyed themselves. I think that's awesome. I mean, how cool is that? Like to have that opportunity as a little kid to like be on an NFL football field and watch your dad go against one of your favorite players. And I think it's awesome too. Yeah, I'm glad the Flacco's had a great day. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> unbelievable. 
This is what the Jets season is reduced to, making sure the Flacco kids have a nice day. With Tyreek Hill. Watching Tyreek Hill beat them. I kind of lived that moment myself, so I'm not going to say anything about it. Understood. his family. So the Dolphins are heading to the playoffs because the Patriots lost in Buffalo 35-23. Last hour, you heard Jim Nance on the opening kickoff return for a touchdown. Here was John Murphy on Bill's radio the second time Naeem Hines did it. Nick Folk kicking it off now. Hines takes it a yard deep in the end zone, going to bring it out. Out to the 10, to the 15, up over the 20, 25-30. Gets away from the tackler, 35-40, 45-50. They're not going to get him. He's going for another one. 102 yards. Yeah, John Murphy, Bills Radio. That was the second one. Bills beat the Pats 35-23. Josh Allen says what Hines did with the week we've had, simply amazing. You can't, you can't draw that one up, write that one up any better. Um... And I, I was just told by Kevin Curran, it's been three years and three months. <sighs> Since the last kickoff return, so it's pretty cool. It's all in the cards. It's all in the cards. That's the way that goes. What are you doing there, Boomer? I'm just, I'm just showing. Huh? I'm just showing Jerry okay. a story. That's all. So that wasn't John Murphy. I don't think that was John Murphy. No. Okay. That's all. It was Bill's radio. I know. Okay. So there you have it. Unfortunately, John Murphy uh, had a stroke. And I think it was this week. Is he okay? Yeah, it says he's... Uh, last weekend, he suffered a stroke. He's recovering at home with his family and making <sighs> progress every day. Some week, my God. Yeah. So they win. That's a good thing. And moving forward, they're not the one seed. So, so if I'm right now, Kansas City's the one seed. The only way they go neutral side is if they play the Bills. That's correct? right. That's the only scenario left. What about Bills, Bengals? No, no. The Bengals would have to go to the Bills. Fair enough. So that's the scenario there. The and, and, and I'm hearing that it's Atlanta, but nothing official yet. But we'll see. All right. Elsewhere in the NFL, Seahawks beat the Rams in overtime 19-16. Seattle, the seventh seed in the NFC, thanks to the Lions beating the Packers, which we will get to. Here was Detroit looking to convert to end this game late with a 20-16 to lead at Lambeau Field. Lions fighting to get this ball game right here. They're going to go empty. Goff takes the snap, back looks, throws, caught, first down, Detroit Lions, DJ Chark down inside the 10-yard line. This game is over. Yes, yes it was, 20-16, to 16, Lions Radio with the call there as they beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. They got a big pick with about three and a half minutes to go in the fourth as well. Dan Campbell's team goes 9-8 and eight after that rough start. They knocked the Packers out of the postseason, but at the end of the day, they're not going to the postseason either. The hard part of this is that it's over for this season because it is a special group, you know? And, uh, nope. but hey, that's, uh, if you got to go down that one, if it's the last one for the season, then, man, uh, what better way to go out than, than that for 2022? Jamal, yep. Jamal Williams ran for 72 yards, two touchdowns. Here is his interview on NBC after the game. Where he is uh, quite sad and emotional, and then not so sad yet emotional. I'm grateful to be able to play this game for my great grandfather, and I'm glad that he's looking down on me. I know I'm making him proud. You said this ball's for him. Yeah, this is for him. Another thing, stop playing us, man. <laughs> we made we the Detroit Lions. 
We the Detroit Lions. Stop playing with us. I don't even watch TV, but I heard everybody already picked, their, picked the Packers over us. Stop playing with us. That's all I got to say, man. Don't let these tears fool you. It's all dog around this mug. <laughs> Two different people. Oh, this is the greatest. Yeah, within ten seconds, it's two different people. And that ball's that ball's for your your grandfather. Yes, it is. The ball's for the grandfather. It's for him. And stop playing with us, man. We the lines. Got some dog, dog up in this motherfucker. Stop playing with us, my grandpa. I love you so much. I love you so much. Shut up, Aaron Rodgers. You weirdo. Oh man. <laughs> Oh man, he flipped it like that. <laughs> it's incredible. If you watch it, it's even more incredible. Yeah. To be quite honest. <laughs> uh here's Matt LaFleur. His team finishes eight and nine out of the postseason. It's gonna be a big offseason for us, obviously, to to make sure that we uh all improve. Yep, all improve. Now the question is, is Aaron Rodgers back for his fifty million dollars or does he finally say goodbye and walk away and retire? The Cowboys should have never even fielded a team yesterday with the way they played. Uh, they got smoked by the Commanders 26-6. to The game wasn't even that close. Here was Jerry Jones. Uh, we get to suck on that all week. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Did it just say that? Uh, we no get to suck on that all week. Was that with you at halftime? No. Or post-game? No. That was the voice of the Cowboys? That that I'm not the voice of the Cowboys. That was with the media scrum. Uh, we get to suck on that all week. Oh. <laughs> I can't even. I can't go anywhere with that. No, you many, can't. Many, you don't have to go anywhere. Go. Just, just let, it, let it sit there. Let it oh, lay out there, man. Uh, we get to suck on that all week. Mm, gosh, here's what the rest of it was. And uh, if that doesn't make you want to uh, get ready to go in about six, seven days, nothing else will. Yeah. They can suck on all week. That's <laughs> 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 your Cowboys, Jerry. Uh, yeah. No, I know. It was, uh, that was a la- That's about as bad a game as I think I've seen in... Ten years? I mean, it was horrendous right from the start. Too. You the punter, Brian Anger, just Big drops guess. the ball. And then you got Cavante Turpin just dropping the ball, like giving it to Washington. Well, I mean, and also think about how much oh, worse it could have been. I mean, it was 13 nothing. It really could have worse. Could have been 24 nothing. They missed the field goal, that very short that, field goal. Yeah. And they ended up having the turnover down yeah. uh, in the red zone. So, I mean, that was, that was points there. Uh, that they left on the board. I was just, it was awful. It's amazing that uh, Dak Prescott was 14 of 37. You sh- and I said to Al, so he had a good drive at the end of the second quarter. Literally, with two minutes to go in the half, they went right down the field and scored. Prior to that, I believe he had thrown for four yards in the first quarter and 12 minutes. Wow, no joke. I mean, it was horrendous. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't pass the ball. They were terrible. And everybody played, right? I everybody mean- played. Everybody played. Yeah. Because you, you had a very outside chance of the one seed, which wasn't happening because San Francisco wasn't losing Arizona. And the NFC East. But you didn't know about the NFC East. Could have gotten the two seed. Right. If Jalen Hurts comes out and sucks off the injury, who knows? That sounded weird. 
Um, and there was an onside kick. Well, it's like your owner said. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yes, it is like the owner said. Uh, we get to suck on that all week. There yes, they do. Anyway, the Niners did hammer the Cardinals 38-13 as expected. Texans score late, get the two-point conversion, and with that, they beat the Colts while the Bears lost to the Vikings. Chicago moves ahead of them now. They have the number one pick in the NFL draft. And I want to take you to Saturday night because you had the Jaguars and Titans. Tennessee played really hard and played tough, and they had the lead in this game in the fourth quarter, and then they screwed up, and the Jags took full advantage to win the AFC South. Shotgun for Dobbs. He drops. It's a blitz. An all-out blitz. They hit him as he likes to go. The ball comes out. The ball comes out and it's picked up. The Jags are running it back. The Jags are running it back. The Jags are going to run it into the end zone. Josh Allen scores a touchdown. Josh Allen is running back for a touchdown for Jacksonville. And that was the go-ahead score, and they win the game 20-16, to and with it, win the division uh, as they were... And on Saturday night, enjoying themselves down in, what is it called, Duval? Uh, Duval. Yeah. Yep. So how about that? Trevor Lawrence against Justin Herbert this weekend uh, in the postseason. The Texans did fire Lovey Smith. He gets just one year. And you've got Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh looking to likely interview with the Broncos this week. It looks like Frank Reich, Jim Caldwell will interview with the Panthers this week, or at least they'll reach out to those two. We'll see what they do and what they don't do. So Saturday, Seahawks. Uh, and San Francisco followed by the Jags and Chargers. Sunday, Dolphins, Bills, Giants, Vikings, Bengals, Ravens, the Sunday night game, and then Monday night, Cowboys and Bucks. From Tampa, you got TCU and Georgia tonight in the college football national championship game. And then what else do I have here? I've got, oh, the Nets last night. So this, this did not go so good for the Nets because while they did win the game 102-101, they also lost Kevin Durant to a knee injury. I think it was Jimmy Butler that fell on top of his right knee when he was going for a rebound. Here was Jacques Vaughn. What's up with KD? Yeah, you know, he didn't finish the game. And uh, just right knee, he'll get evaluated tomorrow. And uh, then hopefully I'll have some more info from you. Evaluation Yeah, most likely, Brian, it will include imaging just to make sure we're good, yeah. MRI, yeah. that was, And that, by the way, that was about, not exactly how much time, but he had uh, hurt the knee a little prior to that. That was an ankle, too. Is that his foot that had the Achilles problem? But that was a, definitely a knee injury is what they called. Wow. Yeah, I mean, and I, I ended up watching this video of Jacques Vaughn, and I, I did not feel, he's such just a happy guy to begin with, yeah. but I did not feel like... He thought that this was a well, devastating injury. Number one, Durant tried to stay in. Yeah. Didn't. And two, Durant was waiting for the team, apparently fired up with the win, like wasn't laying out in the you know, on the bus sure. and in pain. He was apparently doing okay. He's got yeah. skinny ankles. Of course, we well, know he's this. a thin guy. Yeah, yeah very seven thin. feet tall, and he's uh, very lanky. But they have won eighteen of twenty. Royce O'Neal had to go ahead tip in with three seconds to go, and then Jimmy uh, Butler got absolutely mauled on the other end, and they didn't call a foul. Don't know why. So the Nets do win. You got the Knicks home for the Bucks tonight. Iowa beat Rutgers on Sunday, seventy six sixty five, snapping Rutgers five game winning streak, and. Your Terps, Maryland wins. Uh, they beat number twenty four Ohio State, eighty to seventy three. Jameer Young had thirty points. Yeah, yes. he, he played. He didn't play great against uh, you guys, but he had a great game uh, on Saturday. And I would say that it was all about the free throw shooting. All about free throw shooting. Yes, and Northwestern beat Indiana. So it's crazy, crazy, crazy league for sure. It is. Boomer and Geo on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. One of the big rumors is Sean McVay. Is he going to step away from the Los Angeles Rams because they're going to have to go through this massive 
rebuild after winning a Super Bowl championship and essentially having no future because they traded away all their picks, which to me is worth it. I really believe that if they go through hell for five or six years, it's worth it to have a championship because I have not seen one of those. I would give just about anything in the sports world uh, to be able to see a championship. So they were able to get that. So I'm not going to blame them for where the organization is now. But the chatter is, and I'm sure he's the one that's leaking it, is that he doesn't want to go through a rebuild. Yeah. And he wants to go and maybe do something else, not necessarily broadcasting, but but step away from the Rams, which uh, to me is still surprising. I, I, I just, he's so young, he's so energetic. He brought a championship to that team. I mean, I, I just, I find it odd that all of this rumor mill is swirling around Sean McVay leaving the Rams. All right, so I want to say this. Yeah. I, I actually admire Sean McVay, love him as a coach, love the way that he, he runs his team, yeah. had his team in two Super Bowls, two different quarterbacks, the whole thing. Love it all. Yeah. But this is such a millennial thing. <laughs> I'm going to quit when things aren't going right. I mean, come on. Now, do we gotta believe be me. This, guy, be the... this guy's making like 10 to $15 million a year coaching a football team. Right. Now, all of a sudden, he gets a little tough. We want to walk away. Now, I mean, then who would coach that team? Right, right, exactly. I, I, I really don't have any idea. And they've lost a bunch of staffers over the years to other teams' head coaching vacancies. But, I mean, it just... He never struck me as that type of guy. That's why I find this report to be very weird. We went down this last year after they won the Super Bowl. Maybe he steps away and goes to Prime Video. You remember that whole thing? Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I'm sure that uh, anybody in TV would love to have him. He'll be able to do whatever he wants if he wants to do it. I'm just like, you know, like the, the hardcore football guy in me. Says now, now you want to walk away after your after your uh, general manager spent all that draft capital on bringing guys in, and your owner spent all that money to help you get a Super Bowl, and kind of I don't, it's not easy, it's never easy, but made it easier for you with bringing in Odell Beckham Jr., bringing in Von Miller, bringing in Matthew Stafford, uh, you know, extending uh, Andrew Whitworth, uh, paying Aaron Donald, you know, all these things that they did in order to be able to keep. Or, or to get to the team to where it could win a Super Bowl, and it did. And then you're going to walk away on your owner. Now, I don't know if there's any other internal things going on. I don't know if there's a fight over players or a fight over maybe he wanted the draft picks and maybe Les Snead, the GM, who says, F those picks, wears a T-shirt to their Super Bowl parade. I mean, I was going to come back and bite them in the ass. Yeah. Now, I'm like, you're going to leave now? Well, I'll give you an example of a guy who did the exact opposite of that, and that's Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, who had been there, this was his 16th season. He had been there for 15 years. Ben Roethlisberger retires. He's got a first-round draft choice in Kenny Pickett. He's got Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, the general manager there he'd been working with for the last number of years. Over a decade, Kevin Colbert steps down. They are in a rebuild, and they get off to a miserable start. And what does he do? He brings them all the way back and has another winning season at 9-8. and eight. That's the definition of not quitting when you're going through a rebuild, which is what we're hearing from Sean McVay. Right, and then the point being is that, you know, if it weren't for the Jets, <laughs> you know, sucking it up yesterday against uh, Skylar Thompson and the Dolphins, <sighs> you know, the Steelers are going to be in the playoffs. And exactly. they, they would have a much better chance of than potentially winning than, yeah. than I think the Dolphins. <sighs> Could you imagine, well... I think a rookie quarterback on the road to uh, Buffalo would be tough. But, you know, no matter who plays quarterback for the Dolphins, it's going to be a really difficult game for them to go up up into Buffalo and win this weekend. But I, I'm i right there with you, man. I'm like, man, why? Now we want to leave? 
If, I mean, if that is true, it's very disappointing. And he unless never, there's something personal in the building that we yeah, don't know about. Right, right, which is a possibility. And a lot of that stuff does come out after the fact. And we we're talking about, yo, is it fair if the Bills don't get a buy or not because of what happened in the Tamar Hamlin game? Well, it turns out they got a buy anyway with Miami going up to Buffalo <laughs> with Skylar Thompson. But it also, like, like I said, there's only one scenario left. And that's a potential for an AFC championship game between the Chiefs and the Bills to be played at a neutral site. Everything else, you know, was taken care of by Kansas City essentially winning and Cincinnati winning yesterday. All right, let's go to Tracy in East Islip. What's going on, Tracy? Hi, good morning, fellas. How are you? Good, Tracy. What's up? Uh, sorry, you have to excuse Lost it this weekend. My son had a St. John of God roller hockey game. That was pretty intense over there. <laughs> roller hockey. You lost your voice at a roller hockey game. That's a great sports parent there. I know, I know. You know, uh, firefighter Billy Moon lost his life a couple weeks ago. His son plays with my son, and we had a big, uh, it was our first game back after after uh, his funeral and everything this weekend, so it was a pretty important game, and this is what happened. <laughs> so, uh, can you hear me? Yep, yeah, go we ahead. got you, yep. Okay, so listen, I wanted to comment, because, you know, this whole Zach Wilson thing, I mean, my thing with this guy is, like, his lack of work ethic and everything, you know? If you noticed in the first quarter, you know, the, <clears throat> the camera happened to... Um, go on him and they happened to show him on the sidelines and and they had Flacco come off the field and Flacco sat next to him and you see Flacco looking at the um looking at the film and then you see um Zach Wilson next to him just sitting there and then next to Zach Wilson is uh Mike White and Mike White sitting there in plain clothes looking at the film and Zach Wilson's just sitting there doing nothing. He's staring into space, and then he's looking at his fingernails. And then the camera blows off of him, and he, at the same time as he's looking at his nails, and he goes to show uh, Mike White his fingernail like he has a hangnail or something. Now, the other two quarterbacks are sitting there paying attention, and they're, they're, it just shows his lack of work ethic and and his, his dis complete dysfunction. And, and it shows why he lost the locker room and everything, because his dedication is just not there. Yeah, Tracy, I think, I mean, there's legitimate Zach Wilson criticisms, and we've talked about him through the entire year, but catching him on camera for several seconds on the sideline, looking at his fingernails is just not one of them. I, just, I would also say that, you know, he has every right. Right, to be kind of ticked off this week because of what Rob Sala said earlier in the week. Sure. Go read a book. Go get away from the game. Next thing you know, you're dressing for a game that you didn't think you were going to dress for. So, uh, you know, it's just a weird place that he's in. You know, Mac Jones just finished his second year, played decently yesterday, played better yesterday. Maybe a bad interception here or there, but overall played reasonably good. It wasn't his fault that they lost the game, but... You know, you, you, you think that there's a future for him and there, there will be a third year for him in New England. You know, and Jet Fan is sitting here watching this yesterday, watching everything that has transpired this year, wondering, are the Jets going to go with the third year with Zach Wilson? And most NFL observers will tell you they need to. They, they should go with a third year and see what, what they have in this kid and whether or not he's going to be able to grow up this offseason. But then again, you know, you, you risk really... I mean, setting his place on fire. Yeah, if they come back with Rob Sala, Zach Wilson, and Mike LaFleur, that is going to be, I mean, just awful. I mean, you talk about going from 7-4 and four to 7-10 and 10, and then bringing back all of those guys again. I mean, that it's, it's going to be tough. Now, 
I understand why NFL people would say that bringing Zach Wilson back is the best thing to do because he's still on his rookie contract. Uh, he's a guy that clearly has talent. Maybe you put him with the right coach. And this year is a perfect example of you know guys who have struggled. They get with the right coach, and then all of a sudden, things change. So, I mean, I, I do think there is something to be said about that. But it just can't be here. He's got to get that other coach somewhere else. It cannot be here. It's not going to work here. It did not work here. It will not work here. It could work somewhere else. But he cannot be on this team next year. Well, you don't think that this is a... Like Daniel Jones had success. He had success yeah, a great rookie, rookie year. Plus, he got hurt last year at the end of the season, mm-hmm. and you know was replaced by you know Mike Lennon and Jake Fromm. I mean, so when you think about that, and you think about a new coach coming in and an offensive-minded coach that had a lot of success at Alabama with Jalen Hurts. Of course, they were showing that yesterday during the game, and then of course being up there in Buffalo with Josh Allen, you figure, okay, maybe we got the right coach to unlock our quarterback. Is there a coach out there that can unlock this quarterback? I don't know. I, I, I that that that's the million-dollar question, really. I mean, and. All the things that they were saying about Zach Wilson, I like if I'm Zach Wilson, why the hell do I want to be here? Yeah, that's another part of this. I mean, it's just it's not it's just not working on his side, on their side. It just it, he cannot. Uh, t- the, the fan base they want blood this year. They always want blood, but they want blood this year for a different reason because they believed. They believe that they were, they were seven and four, and they looked like they were trending in the right direction. It's a it's a different type of Ugh. wanting heads to roll type of thing this year. And and Zach Wilson just he just he just can't go back. All right, Boren Geo coming to you live for the Bill Ford Tough Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. Now we heard Jerry last update talk about he played the sound by Joe Flacco saying how cool it was to see his kids watch their dad, meaning him compete against their favorite player, meaning Tyreek Hill on the Dolphins. Now, I thought that was a little strange because you want to go out there and win this game if you're Joe Flacco and all of that stuff. Now, I, I've just been informed. I did not see this. I went straight, just like Al Dukes did. I went straight red zone yesterday. Straight red zone. It's the only way you could watch the games yesterday. To be locked in on Jets-Dolphins, to me, was just, you, you can't do that. You'd have to open your eyes and prop them up with toothpicks to be able to just sit through All that. right, we get it, yes. So, so anyway, I've been informed now by uh, BT Brandon Tierney of Tiki and Tierney that not only was that going on with the whole Joe Flacco introduces his kids to Tyreek Hill, but his kids had Tyreek Hill jerseys on the sideline. They were wearing Dolphin jerseys on the field. Jam it up the A-gap. I mean, I'm all for kids having a great time. I really am. Give them that experience. You love football. You love your dad. Tyreek Hill could be your favorite player. That's awesome. But to be the son of the starting quarterback for the Jets and to have your children out there in Dolphins uniforms but is a bridge too far for me. Put on your dad's jersey. Put on the Jets jersey. We're talking Jets Dolphins. Maybe the kid hate maybe the kids hate the Jets. Flacco clearly does. <laughs> you know, it's kind of interesting. My last couple games, my kids really started to understand what I was doing. And you know, uh. Sydney was a cowboy fan because there was a star on the side of the helmet. And Gunnar loved the Packers because there was a G on the side of the helmet. Okay. You know, and I was playing for the Bengals. 
Uh, so, but they didn't, they wore my jerseys to my final. There games. we go. I remember walking off the field having, I think, I think I had them both holding their hands. Yeah. You know, they were both down on the field after the game. It was great. It was a really emotional thing. So I can understand that perspective from Joe. If in fact, this is his last game, it may not be, who knows, but, uh, it's gotta be pretty cool for their, his kids. And I'm not sure how old they are. How old are they? Like? I'm not sure exactly, <clears throat> but they're kids. They're his kids. I mean, you can't, I mean. The kids right. are kids. They're going to do what they want to do. Like, I know that you're going through fatherhood now, and you have a four-year-old, and yeah. you have a one-year-old. Yeah. And it's interesting. It is. And when they grow up, they tend to do what they want to do when they want to do it. But and this is just way this is. is just disrespectful to the Jets. I'm sorry. It is. And don't you want your kids to live their dreams? <laughs> I mean, I can't believe you and Brandon have of all people, like you're both the fathers, you got to understand that. No, 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 Showed up here with like an ESPN T-shirt on or an ESPN Sports Center hat. Are we taking that out on that kid when he comes to, to, to work with Daddy? I would take it out on Brandon. I wouldn't take it out on the kid. I'm not taking it out on the kids. I'm taking it out on Joe Flacco. No, I can't know, allow I that to happen. Well, Joe Flacco, first of all, is you're worrying about the game. I would like to think is worried about the game plan and worried about you know what what he's got to do for a living while his dad is taking his grandkids. Now that would be like me taking Winnie. I don't know. Put her in a Ranger jersey, maybe. No, that's I, not the no, same. no, no, no. Just, but <laughs> it when you really break it down, it's the grandfather's fault. If you really, that's his fault. It is break it down. Like yeah. let's let's just say that it's Matt's last game okay. ever, and Winnie now is old enough to understand hockey and have a favorite player. And she's a, and her favorite player is Connor McDavid. No, 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 no. Worse than that. Oh, worse than that. Whoever the, Flyers, whoever the Flyers' best player is. Okay. Would you allow Winnie to show up in a Flyers jersey? Absolutely not. That's blasphemy. To Matt's last game. I would never allow. To meet that person. I this would, is what I'm saying. We are... Nobody's even allowed to say flyers <laughs> right. around us. I mean, this is just the Dolphins. I mean, you know, it's Jets Dolphins. Jets, they, the Jets Dolphins is a thing. They wear turquoise jerseys. You know, they uh -oh. play in the sunshine. Right. And Tyree Kill, by the way, not exactly the greatest of role models. Yeah, we yeah. can throw that into the pot too. Okay. You, know, you want to put on a JJ Watt jersey? Okay, fine. You want to put on Demar Hamlin jersey? Okay, fine. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You want to put on a Jalen Waddle jersey as opposed to Tyreek Hill? Okay, fine. But I mean, the, the, <laughs> what are we doing? I don't know. It's just, just another, like, I guess, thorn in the side. Let's leave it at that. Oh, baby. Joe in uh, Kinelon, New Jersey. What's going on, Joe? Hey, good morning. What's up? You know, asking Joe Flacco's kids to wear Jets jerseys. I'm sorry. <laughs> but... <laughs> Kids today, you know, first off, Joe Flacco is the definition of your mercenary backup quarterback, right? Like, what does Joe Flacco care about the Jets? He just gets the paycheck for the Jets. And, uh, and as far as his kids, kids today, I don't even think they cheer for the jersey anymore. They cheer for the back. 
Yeah, uh, no, I, I have a 13-year-old yeah. and a 12-year-old. Yeah. yeah. Your phone's crapping out, Joe. I would have let you finish your point. Like, I'm not saying that the kids aren't allowed to have favorite players. That's fine. And if the kids love Tyreek Hill and Joe Flacco wants to introduce the kids to Tyreek Hill and be on the field, that's fine. But for Joe Flacco to allow his children to wear the opponent's jersey on the sideline when he is playing for the other team, to me, is too much. I'm surprised that Zach Wilson didn't come out with the Tyreek Hill jersey on before the game. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Imagine. <laughs> or, uh, or a Tua effing Tonga Vailoa shirt or something like that. <laughs> Skyler effing Thompson. Yes, that would have been fun. Uh, yeah, I, I, the kids, I understand. There's kids who love, like uh, my buddy's a kid. He's a, my, my friend's a Jets fan. He was trying to raise his kid a Jets fan, but he loves Justin Jefferson so much that he was like considering being a Vikings because he loves Justin Jefferson. Like I understand that happens in basketball. You get all these kids who love Steph Curry, love LeBron and everything else. It's just the Joe Flacco be like, listen, I know you love Tyreek Hill. Put on my jersey. This is, you are a Flacco. This might be my last game. Put on that. Put on a Joe Flacco Ravens jersey. I don't care. Just don't put on the jersey of your opponent who happens to be a division rival. You can't do that. Yeah, well, you know, isn't that like private, though? That's like a private thing. It's not a public thing. I mean, I know Joe's... He was on the field. I know Joe's talking about it and everything, but still, it's his kids on the field seeing their favorite player. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, my God. You make your kids happy at any chance and any juncture you have. You would have been killed on your last game if you trotted Sidney... And Matt out. Let's say your last game was against the Steelers. Gunner, it's Gunner. I said Sydney and Matt. I'm so used to saying Sydney and Matt. Right. If you trotted Sydney and Gunner out in your last game, let's say it was against the Steelers, and you had them in Greg Lloyd jerseys, that ain't happening. <laughs> but that's my point. Right. See, you're agreeing with me. Imagine that Boomer Esiason walking around in his last game, and here's his two children in Kevin Green jerseys. Oh, forget that. I mean, what? Rod Woodson jerseys? There's some situational awareness. Now, my last game was at home, too, by the way. So his game, his potentially his last game or the last game against the Dolphins, whose favorite player happens to be on that team for his kids. I, you know, I kind of get it. I don't really get all caught up in all that. But I can understand how that irks the fans. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, you're talking about just that's just salt on the wound, the jet cherry on top of it. It's just like this season just completely fell apart. And your starting quarterback on your last game when you've been eliminated from the playoffs is out there with his kids wearing Dolphins jerseys. I know it's tough. Tough for the fans. <laughs> what? Uh, Rob's on Long Island. What's going on, Rob? Morning, guys. Happy New Year. Hey, gee, I think we were separated at birth, man. We have the same luck with teams. I agree with you 100% with this thing with... Uh, uh, Flacco. Flacco's attitude towards the Jets the whole year seems the way he let his son walk all over the uh, field yesterday. Yeah, I mean, and, and I understand where Joe is in his career and everything else, and he's finishing it out, and I understand the last course, he's the ultimate mercenary quarterback, but there's just there's respect to the organization where it gets to the point where let's not put the other team's jersey on your children. Yeah, I, I agree. Hey, boom. They need to fire every coach on the Jets. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jeff, 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 no bright. Uh, you got a third string quarterback, third down and 20, and he doesn't blitz. They got great pressure going. Blitz a little. The kid doesn't know what he's doing out there right now. A couple years he might take advantage of it. 
I can't believe they're the last team in the league with, on blitzes. Yeah, I told you last week. I told they had. Right, I told you, I think it was two weeks ago, that changes are brewing somewhere along the line. I, I'm not sure where, uh, but there's no way that the owner's putting up with it. He's just not. He's not putting up with a six-game losing streak. He doesn't care about injuries. Uh, he does care about the development of a second-year, uh, you know, second-year first-round draft pick quarterback for sure. Um, and, you know, that's the wild card in all of this. You know, who's in Woody's ear? What are they telling him? You know, how is that going to affect the coaching staff? Somebody will have to be made, you know, a sacrificial lamb in this case. And it's just a matter of time before that happens because as every coach will tell you, and they, they talk about it openly, you know, it's a results-based business. And the results, especially on offense over the last six weeks, regardless of what the injury situation is, all teams have injuries. All teams go through this. All teams play with backup quarterbacks. All teams lose key players at some point in the season. And maybe it was a rash of injuries and a lack of development for Zach Wilson that all came together and the broken ribs with Mike White that created this carousel of quarterbacks, if you will, that led them down this road. But somebody is going to pay the price for it. Charlie in Rockville Center. What's going on, Charlie? Joe, how old are you now? I'm 40. Okay, so I'm 60, so I got 20 years of rooting for the Vikings uh, on top of you. So, Boomer, you got to help Gio out here. Fred Bolitnikoff, Drew Pearson, Phil freaking Sims, 4th and 17. The disaster in New Orleans. The miracle in Mini followed up by Nick Foles killing us. Mm. There's enough precedent here for Gio to have the right attitude, which is take a deep breath. This ain't going to happen. And here's my suggestion to you, Gio. I got to give you some advice for, for, you know, for Sunday. You've got what? The four year old. You got either Disney plus and I would, you know, break out Moana, break out a couple of movies back to back and do not watch the game or go to the history channel and watch the real Vikings. Watch, <laughs> you know, the show on the Vikings where they actually and, won. So, right, exactly. So yes. Stay away from the game. My buddy, my best, best friend is a Giants fan. Two weeks ago, New Year's Eve, I mean uh, Christmas Eve, when the game was going on, he's like texting, texting, because I refused to watch the game. And I said, buddy, I'll see you in two weeks. I'll see you in a couple of weeks at the playoffs. I said, and you're going to beat us then. I don't even want to discuss it anymore. So the fact is, Gio, you're totally right. Relax. Find something else to do. And... Trust me, it, this has been for 50 years. My grandfather was a psycho Fran Parkinson fan. He gets traded from the Giants to the Vikings. I was 10 years old. He said, watch that team, and I've been watching them for 50 years. 0-4 in Super Bowl. I mean, what are we going to get? We're going to get Buffalo Vikings in the Super Bowl. Both teams 0-4 in the Super Bowl, and then the Vikings are going to lose to Buffalo. I mean, just... <laughs> I'd sign for that right now, Charlie. I swear to you, I would sign for that right now, even though I want to see I would sign for that right now, just for you, for your sake. I mean, I, I would. I would love... I, I honestly, if you told me that was the outcome, I... I for a couple of reasons. One, you'd feel great for the Bills, everything that's going on, and their franchise's history. And two, it means they didn't lose to the Giants. They finally slayed the Dragon of the NFC Championship game, which in my lifetime has been the game that they can't get over the hump. So that would be great. But see, he he said it too. I'm not crazy. Charlie in Rockville Center said it weeks ago as well. We'll see in the playoffs when the Giants beat us. That's what he said to his Giant fan friend. Everybody knows. Everybody knows if you've been through it, what is going on. What do you think is going on in Minneapolis radio this morning? 
I don't know. I did check out their show. They got a guy in the morning show called Meat Sauce. Meat Sauce? <laughs> meat Sauce. Okay. And what's Meat Sauce doing? Well, uh, Meat Sauce, <clears throat> they, they seem to be into the whole Packers thing going down. Is that like, K-Fan? Is that K-Fan? Yeah. So Paul Allen, who's the play-by-play yeah. guy, got a lot of attention during the Buffalo game. He's on that station. He does middays. I think it's 9 a.m. to noon. But their morning show has several guys, and one of the guys on there is Meat Sauce. So I started seeing what Meat Sauce was tweeting out just to get a vibe of what's what's happening. Yes, there. and uh, and I did I did not check Meat Sauce yesterday, so I'll have to get back to you. But but after the Packer game, I was all over Meat Sauce's Twitter account. Are you, uh, do you have you gone on with Paul Allen in the afternoon? No, no, no. I have you not. need to. No. Is that an Odyssey station, by the way? It is not, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, it is not. I feel like though you need to be out there. You need to be on the radio. Nah, somewhere. I did, do we uh, even have an Odyssey station in Minneapolis? I, I don't know. Not a sports talk not a station. Sports I can tell you that much. Yeah. But I. There may be there may be a music station. Out I think there. you got to go on with Paul. Allen. Does he know who you are? He may. You know what's funny is I used to when I went to training camp all those years ago when I was like eighteen, nineteen years old. He broadcasted from there. The midday show was PA and Dubay. Paul Allen and Jeff Dubay, and I would sit there and just watch them do the show. Like like this is the coolest thing in the world. Well, there you go. Look and then at that. that, like, I, it was, it's amazing to think all the way back then to now. But yeah, I have to believe that Paul Allen knows who you are. You're a celebrity. You're I a big, think, big time Vikings fan. Like in the list of Wikipedia Viking fans, you got to be on that list. I found a good station for you booms out there in Minneapolis that we own. The Patriot. Now oh, we're talking. Oh, yeah. Get him on the Patriot. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, you go on the Patriot. I'll go on K-Fan. That's that sound. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Very good. All Sounds right. good. Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Jerry Rego is back. He's got you covered with all the NFL stuff. What's up, Jerry? All right, good morning. Brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com and by Jackpocket. Play official state lottery games on your phone. You know, from time to time, I like to illustrate for you guys how popular the NFL is. Not that we need to know. But I saw this. A friend of mine, Jake Novak, retweeted this on Twitter. Lev Akabis from Sportico posted the top 100 broadcasts of 2022. In there, you had the Oscars was one, three broadcasts of political programming. He, three people wor- still care about the Oscars? Well, the slap, I think, is what made that. Oh, that's what made yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Three World Cup games. One was the Kentucky Derby. Five were college football games. Two NBA games. And 82 of the 100 were NFL games. Now you know why wow. everybody wants to pay for them and everybody wants them. Two of the 100. That is unreal. And so, so. here, maybe, um, I, don't, I, I don't know this for sure, but this is what I'm thinking. So the ESPN game between the Bills and the Bengals doesn't get played. It plays, they play a quarter. It's over with. They, they cancel the game. You're wondering if you know, ESPN is calling up the NFL and saying, hey, you know, we pay somewhere between 80 and $100 million per game. That's what their cost is per game. That's what they paid the NFL. There's no game. So do they get some sort of rebate? Do they get some sort of money back? This is the business side of football. Or does the NFL do them a solid and give them the Cowboys and Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday Night Football? Mm. You know what I'm saying? So back channel dealings? Yeah, I mean, those are all the, like, that's the collateral damage, the financial collateral damage that goes on. But I would say, if I were arguing the NFL's point if there were an argument between the two entities, I would say to the ESPN, let me tell you something. Millions of people stayed with your broadcast That's because true. of what yep. happened. And mm-hmm. they wanted answers. They wanted to see what was going on and what if they could get some sort of... We all wanted information. 
from any source that was close to what happened that Monday. And then once the word started getting out, there were people who weren't interested in the game that Tuning were watching the, the game. game. Yeah. So I could probably, I wonder what, interestingly, I wonder what the ratings were for that game all the way through, let's say, 11 o'clock when they were still on the air talking about what had just transpired. Even through Van Pelt. Yes. I would say. I, I wonder what those ratings were. It's got to be gigantic. I you would think say. so, right? Mm-hmm. Meantime, Giants did lose to the Eagles on Sunday, 22-16, so Philly clinches the one seed. But, as Brian Dable says, we, we held them in check. Yeah, I mean, our defense stood out. They had to score one touchdown. They held them field goals on some short fields. Um, you know, I thought, look, I thought everybody out there competed. I'm not going to single out any individual. I just thought they all competed right to the end. Right to the end when they had a chance for the onside kick. For Jalen Hurts, he got his reps in. It was Nick Sirianni. We didn't feel like there was more risk, but, you know, I know he was hurting. He was hurting bad, and uh, but that's the kind of uh, competitor that he is. That's the kind of the, uh, person that he is and the kind of teammate and leader that he is, um, that he was able to go out there and stick and, and tough through it. So, don't think he got hurt any further, but uh, he'll have a week off now to kind of get right before he play in the divisional round as the Eagles lock up the one seed in the NFC. As for the Jets, their 11-6 loss as their season ends with a whimper. They lose to the Dolphins. They drop their final six games. Rob Solaces, yeah, I, I know. It's frustrating because it's because um, you know you're right there, and uh, there's uh, you know when you're rolling on all cylinders and um, seven and four. Uh, pretty healthy and you know one thing leads to another and you you lose six in a row and you're seven and ten and gone one thing leads to another quite the understatement but yes yeah one thing did lead to seven and ten Mm-hmm. Here's C.J. Mosley. Need to figure out what the hell happened. That's what this offseason is for. Um, you know, like, the, mainly these, these last six games, you know, it's, it's easy to you know, point out the good stuff and kind of overlook some things when you win and the records are going good. Um, and it's easy to start pointing fingers and saying, you know, what needs to improve and what, what has to be done when you're losing. Yeah. Well, they lost a lot. Uh, here's Sauce Gardner. We can figure it out. We got the people in this locker room right now to do it. You know, we got the players. Except yeah, they've been saying that for weeks, though. Right, except for that guy. I know. Except to him, the kid in the corner, is not talking to anybody. So, <laughs> not like they were any better with Flacco. <laughs> no. True. I'll tell you what, points. Garrett Wilson's pretty damn good, though. Yes, Oof, he is. Man. Just throw him the ball, and he comes up with a way to catch it, that's for sure. Wow, Miami he is, did. He is, he's a special player. So is Sauce, by the way. So that's that's the good news, right? And so is uh, Elijah Vera Tucker is a really good player. What they need to figure out is whether or not Mekhi Becton's coming back. Hopefully he is, and hopefully he's got his act together, and hopefully he's motivated to come back and have a great season next year. <laughs> so Miami wins the game, and they get the seven seed because the Patriots lost to the Bills 35-23. Buffalo the two seed in the AFC. Uh, obviously a very emotional game. Sean McDermott didn't know how things would shape up, but they ended quite well. You know, like I said, going into the game, a lot of unknowns, just not sure how the players are going to handle it. I feel like I had a pretty good control on how I was going to handle it. Well, and they it started out well with the kickoff return for a touchdown by Naheem Himes, who would then have another one. He's like, I kind of did this before. Yeah, you know, uh, I've had two in one game in Indy, but uh, and it's punt returns, but on the, on the kickoff return, I definitely was running down the sideline. I looked over and saw nobody, and I was like, oh, wow. Wow. I might I might really be gone here. And uh that's really just a shout out to those guys. Both kick both kickoff returns for touchdowns. I think I barely got touched. Right. <laughs> well he got he ran into somebody on the second one. Well no no no. He no he ran right by the guy who went with I thought the guy didn't I even try. They, so they didn't even hit they each should other. Cut him. What a trade by attempt. the Bills for Naeem Hines Holy from the Colts in the middle smokes. of the season. Mm-hmm. Turned out to be uh 
the impetus for this this win. This was huge uh, for them. Do you yeah. think the Bills will rest their starters against the Dolphins? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to get to that, actually. Bengals beat the Ravens 27-16. Cincinnati, the three-seed in the AFC. Baltimore, the sixth. They'll see one another again next week. Now, the Seahawks are in, though they didn't know it at the time of their win over the Rams in overtime, 19-16. But what they did know, Geno Smith, was that they wrap up a season above 500 at 9-8. It's good to be uh, above 500. Uh, you know, you want to be above 500. You know, wish we could have done a lot better earlier um, so we can get, you know, 10-plus wins. But to give ourselves a shot at the playoffs, to be above 500 with a young team who I believe uh, pretty much everybody wrote us off, right? Right. Remember, there uh, what was what was his phrase at the beginning of the year? He uh, wasn't they wrote me them. off, but I didn't write back. That's right. That's right. They wrote me off, but I didn't write back. Well, they are postseason bound because then on the Sunday night game, they needed help from the Lions, who got eliminated because of their win. They needed the Lions to go into Lambeau, the the, the mystique mm, Lambeau Field right. and Aaron Rodgers. Please. That didn't work out so well for the Packers, but the sledgehammer. You Seahawks. got the sledgehammer, Dan Campbell coming in with the Lions. Yeah, yeah. yes, exactly sledgehammer. right. Rodgers in the gun, slot left, single man right. Dylan in the backfield to Rodgers right. Here's the snap, blitz coming, Rodgers back, looking, going deep, down the right sideline for Watson. It's intercepted by Kirby Joseph. Down the far sideline, 45-50, knocked out of bounds. Joseph has the pick, Lions will take over. And that would be it for the most part. They would run the clock out, get a couple of first downs they needed. That was Westwood 1 with the call. And so the Lions win 20-16. to Packers had to win and be in. Instead, they lose and they go home. It was Aaron Rodgers. How would you describe the uh, season? It's frustrating at times, but it's ultimately really uh, some really beautiful moments. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Jerry. Beautiful moments. Beautiful moments. Beautiful I would say beautiful moments. moments for the Lions. They started 1-6. and six. They finish 9-8. and eight. Here was Jared Goff. We've been playing with an edge uh, since we were 1-6, and six and felt, you know everyone said our season was over, and uh, oh, wow. we traded TJ, and everyone wrote that, you know, we're nailing it in, and, um, and I love TJ. He's going to do fantastic in Minnesota, but, um, you know, there's a lot, a lot of things said throughout the year that uh, turned out to be not true. Well, Eight of Actually, their final ten. No, it did turn out to be true. You didn't make the playoffs. So it's season awesome. well. Yeah. They did play a lot better in their last ten games. No, they did, and they blew it against Carolina. They should have been in the true. playoffs. I agree with that 100%. Commanders beat up the Cowboys 26-6. to And yes, the Cowboys played their starters. Mm-hmm. Jerry Jones hoping everyone enjoys this terrible feeling. I know this. We didn't rest anybody. So everybody got to bite this sour apple. <laughs> oh, man, he's got a million of them. <laughs> he does. I love when they lose, man, he comes out with all this stuff. It's great. He's upset. I don't, you know, I don't blame him. Remember, he was talking about his mortality before the season. Doesn't know how much time he's got left. He expects better than that yesterday. Here was Dak. He was horrific in this game, although he did have the one touchdown pass. How did you think you played? Uh, for me, I mean... Not to use the language, uh, but simple as that. Yeah, it rhymed with itty and bitty and fitty and gotcha. you didn't get the sense of what he said. Then you were the Chargers. They lost to the Broncos, who actually looked like a real NFL team yesterday, 31-28. That having been said, they played most of their guys. Mike Williams carted off the field back injury. Kenneth Murray, their linebacker, a stinger. And Joey Bosa, who just came back from groin injury a few weeks ago, was limping on the sidelines. Yeah. Actually, uh, that guy's an injury just waiting to happen. 
Here was Brandon Staley. Why did the starters play so long? We only have 48 guys on team that are active for the game. And so uh, we wanted to make sure that they went a good ways in this football game and competed at a high level. And then when we felt like it was right for them to get out of the game, then that's what we were going to do. Best better hope you didn't uh, cause too much damage, I suppose. Although I'm one that says play them, but whatever. Um, Niners beat up the Cardinals 38-38-13. And yet here's Brock Purdy saying we're going to the playoffs not good enough. Have to improve. We got to be better, and so um, you know, it starts with myself. It starts with everyone that's been here long enough to own it, own up to it. But uh, you would think that they got mauled yesterday. Yeah. But I guess that's a great attitude to have. And the Steelers did win, though they didn't get the help they needed to get into the playoffs because the Jets lost. Did you see? I, I didn't see it. I've read about it. Alex Highsmith did a CPR celebration. Yes. Well, I think I think Highsmith was was he the guy who was on the ground or no no no, 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 no. Highsmith was the guy no. who did it. I think it was T.J. Watt on the ground. Okay, all right. Now yeah, I, mean, I asked Eddie about this earlier this morning. Okay, and you know he has a way of looking at things a little bit differently than most of us. Our initial visceral reaction would be like, "What the hell are you guys?" That's doing? the reaction like, online. We got yes. Quay Walker doing this thing with you know pushing the medical personnel of the Lions out of the way. He gets ejected for doing that. That's idiotic in, in light of what happened. And then we have this, and Eddie explained it to me in a way that I never really thought about it. Eddie, I don't think there was any ill intent or malice i think they were maybe trying to somehow in their weird way sort of celebrate the fact that there's good news and that hamlin is going to be okay i i but i don't think there was they were trying to be jerks what about when they wipe their butts with the pray for demar shirts is that the uh was that part of it also no i'm kidding i'm just saying like how far i mean do you think they were actually thinking about yes for sure. So Why if, else you, would if the you excuse would have been, if the excuse would have been that because uh, T.J. Watt was laying on his back and they weren't even thinking about Demar Hamlin, and he went and did it, and then they were afterwards like, "Oh my God, what? Why did I do that? That was ridiculous." That'd be one thing, but it, like to think that you're doing this to like honor that situation in some way to me is bizarre. I didn't but, see it. I only read it. No, no I, I saw it. I, saw I did, it. See, I it. did okay. see it. Yeah, and uh, it was uh, strange to say the least. I and I. We didn't have a chance really to comment on it yesterday at all. Mm-hmm. And then I was talking to Eddie, like I said, like at 530 this morning. And he hits me with, you know, I don't think they were doing that, you know, in the wrong way. I would like, like to ah. think not. Yeah, I mean, they probably weren't. You know, I don't think that they were right. sitting there like going, oh, let's disrespect DeMar Hamlin and his family by doing this. I, I kind of know. I'm not case. that they were disrespecting DeMar or whatever, but I just, I want to hear what the rebuttal would be from the players themselves and Mike. Tom, I need to hear. Mike Tomlin wasn't asked. To, he only spoke for oh, five be, minutes. I'm sure he'll be asked today. Uh, I'm sure he will. I would think so. But I mean, not it's yesterday. obviously stupid, but I don't think it's something that, I don't know. I, I can't imagine. I'm, I'm with Eddie with the ill intent situation. I don't believe they were like, hey, screw the Bills, screw DeMar Hamlin. Let's just make fun of this whole situation. I don't think that's the case, but it's still really, really stupid. It's weird. And yeah. out of place. You know what? It's off-putting. Agreed. Sure. Are you, uh, you're, you're off, would you say off-putted? No, you're off no. put. I would off put. You're off put. I'm off put. You're off put. You are. 
Yeah. Houston fired Lovey Smith after just one season. They screwed up the number one pick in the draft with their win yesterday and going for two. Oh, well. Um, you got Seahawks, Niners Saturday, followed by Jaguars, Chargers, Dolphins, Bills, Giants, Vikings, and the Bengals and Ravens Sunday night. And then Monday night, Cowboys and Buccaneers in Tampa. You got the college uh, national championship game tonight. TCU takes on Georgia. You guys can have fun with this. Okay. Nets heat. Last night, now the Giant game was on, as you know, yes. on the fan. Nobody watched it. Nobody even knew that. The Giant going. game? Who knew? Yeah, I, I didn't watch it either. I was watching the Nets. Um, so the Nets game was moved to WCBS 880. Big basketball day, right? Rutgers right. there in the afternoon, Nets at night. And there was a, a big basket made by the Nets, if you could have heard it. Because as the Nets come up the floor... Whatever engineer they were using in Miami had a little bit of a snafu. This is how it sounded in New York. And I amplified this. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Not good. Engineer issues. <laughs> yeah, so look at this three he takes <laughs> from way out. But the Nets get the offensive rebound, the putback, and then I would like to say they stopped Miami at the other end. Quite frankly, they mugged Jimmy Butler at the other end, and the officials let it go instead of calling the foul and putting him on the line. So the Nets uh, leave Miami with a 102-101 win. Had you heard him, that was Chris Carino <laughs> with the call on Nets Radio on WCBS 880. Here was O'Neal, fortunate to be in the spot where he was to be able to get the putback. Yeah, I think uh, Nick got the rebound. Um, I mean, it was a big time play. Uh, we knew Kai, you know, was going to take the shot. We trust him with that. And yeah, well, he took the shot all right. He came up a little bit strong, but the Nets were there underneath. Now, that's the good news. They win 18 out of 20. They go to 27 and 13. They were a game behind Boston for the one spot in the East. The bad news was Kevin Durant getting his leg rolled on. I think it was Jimmy Butler that fell on him. So he left with 17 points late in the third quarter. He will be evaluated later today. Looks so, like an MRI for him. So, um... Did Rutgers have a game yesterday? Yeah, they lost to Iowa 76-65. Did yes. you do that game? Yeah. Where was that game? It was at uh, Jersey. It was at the rack. Yeah. And then Jersey Mike Serena. And then when, who did uh, the voice of the Cowboys yesterday? Uh, the same guy that does it every week, Kevin Ray. Oh, Kevin Ray. Yes. He was in Washington. Who did your job? I did. You did the Cowboy game too? Rutgers. Well, I did the pre and the post, yeah. Rutgers was at noon. The Cowboys were at 440, 430, 425. Did you have a day off this week? Uh, Saturday. You did have Saturday. I was off Saturday, yes. You're an animal. I you are an animal. Do what animal. I need to do. That's what I do. It's impressive. It is we'll impressive. We're about real work not ethic here. That's right a here. work impressive. ethic. Young, young millennials no, out there. This guy right. over here, he's, right. he's a workaholic. Listen up, Sean McVay. Yes. A basketball game. What do we got tonight? What do we got tonight? Cornhole. There is. Yeah, yeah, look at that. We got Monday Night Cornhole How's our Cornhole League doing? <laughs> We're doing quite well, Good. actually. All right. One of the problems, we keep stopping and starting with these damn holidays. How's the Pickleball League coming? I'm not doing Pickleball. Why not? I yeah. think we need to more. We need to expand this Jerry uh, Recco sports world. I, yeah. Let's call up Jerry Jones and see if he wants to get involved with pickleball with you. You're the voice of the Cowboys. I know pickleball. <laughs> and Allie told me that she played pickleball in Long Island last week. Okay, she filled in for her sister. Says it's packed. That was a huge facility. That's what I'm saying. But, yeah, but I don't. We need to expand your your right. horizons, your empire. I would tell you this, Jerry Recco sports. If empire. we ever, if we ever expanded and you jumped on board and got a facility. Then CeeLo's going to sit here. I can't do it all. Yes, you can. There's no you way. You are doing There's it all. There's no way. You're an animal. you got to be there every night. I can't. J-R-S-E. No. Got to delegate. Jerry Recco Sports 
Empire. <laughs> J-R-S. Yeah, I can see just it. delegate. Just hire a CEO. See, I have a problem with that. Because then mean? when things don't go right, I'm hiring the right guy. I know. Jerry needs to control things, and I appreciate that. That's why I, I want to that's why I want to invest in him. I don't need to. Here's the we issue. You gotta get your partner out. So for in, no, EJ's doing great. Is Here's the issue. Problem? He wants to keep the no, CJ guy in there. That's not true. Here yeah. is the issue with the control thing, and I've yes. got to go. Like even with the calendars and stuff, when something goes wrong, if if it's me, I know I did it. Like, I've had a couple of people say, oh, I didn't get the calendar. And I check the tracking. It's there. But if someone else did it, I'd be questioning, did they do it? Did they not send it? Yeah, did they problem. screw something up? Problem. I don't know. It's just I have an issue with that. Calendars, Rutgers, Cowboys, us, warm-up show. Cornhole. Cornhole. I mean, what else is this man doing? Coach, coaches his son's the, baseball team. You are setting the example for there the younger you generation. I'm doing And I hope that they are taking heed of what you do and how okay, you do boomer. it. <laughs> yeah. All right, Boomer and Geo coming to you live at the Bill Ford Tough Studio. Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Let's put you back to your playing days. I'm going to give you a caveat, okay? You're not the Boomer Esiason that played quarterback. You're a different Boomer Esiason. You're a Boomer Esiason linebacker. And you're out there and you're having a, not a great season, but you're you and you're having a good season individually, but your team's not having a great season. It's the last game of the year. And you're playing a heated rival. And as you're standing there by the ball and you're glancing into the offensive huddle, getting ready to try to stop this team on the last game of the year, even though your team's eliminated from the playoffs, you look up. And that team that you're playing is doing ring around the rosy in the huddle. Or rosary, which is what Phil Sims called it yesterday. He called it rosary? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do I do now, our father? Yes, I do. Well, now, you know, he claims that he grew up, uh, I think, went to a Catholic school. And they played ring around the rosary. And ring I'm around like, the rosary. And I'm like, no, it's ring around the rosy. They actually called it snow globe. Okay, well, whatever. That's what they call it. That's what the Chiefs call it, the snow globe. The snow globe. So they went around and around and around with their arms around each other yep. and then threw the ball back to Patrick Mahomes and threw it to Kadarius Tony. They ended up being a flag on the play. The thing didn't count, but essentially they did this merry-go-round, ring-around-the-rosy situation. If you are on the other side of things in your playing career and you're watching this, are you saying, man, these guys have no respect for us? True. That's what it feels like, but, you know, this is the new... uh the new way, but I will say, like you have seen teams do things with their kickoff team, yeah. Like you've seen kind of like you know choreographed kind of setups, and I don't want to call them dance moves, whatever. But uh, according to Patrick Mahomes, after the game, this is something the players came up with themselves. You know, they're so bored, and it comes so, <laughs> so easy. Bored. It, it comes so Makes easy. It even worse if you're talking about right, it from a Raiders but, but, but it comes so easy to them. That they did this in supposedly in practice, and Andy Reid saw it. And of course, Andy Reid, being the guy that Andy Reid is, and he's a go along, get along guy because his team's winning, and he's got the greatest quarterback in the league. They'll let him; he'll let him do it just as long. And this Patrick has has actually said this. Andy will let me know when it's time to knock it off. Okay. Andy will call me. You know, he'll say, hey, "Patrick, let's go." You know, we need to focus here. Uh, whatever. So, uh, yeah, that that seemed like a. Something you'd pull like in a preseason game or something. But these guys are the Chiefs. That is Patrick Mahomes. He runs the whole thing and uh, he's so great that sometimes you got to let a guy 
have some fun. And I think that's what uh, Andy Reid did. I like if they're if they weren't winning as much as they have won with Patrick Mahomes, and you think about all of the success that they've had, he's like sixteen and zero against the AFC West. <laughs> Yeah, he realized he's got like thirty-seven touchdowns and three interceptions. Some crazy number. I was looking at this morning. I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" Now, as a as a fan who is is in a Chiefs fan or a Raiders fan watching that, I thought it was funny. I laughed. I'm all about being entertained. If I were a Raider fan or a Raider player or in that organization, I would have felt disrespected. There's no two ways about it. But me just watching the game, I was like, oh, my God, look at this. this Patrick Mahomes on the road, on the road in the AFC West is 16 and 0. He averages about 290 yards passing, 37 touchdowns, seven interceptions and he's been sacked 18 times. 16 and 0 on the road. And Tom Brady wants to go out there and play in Las Vegas. Good luck. <laughs> All right, let's go to Lance who's out in Pennsylvania. What's going on, Lance? <clears throat> AGO Boomer, good morning. Uh, morning. Love the show. Uh, a couple things. First of all, let you guys know that uh, I'm 60 years old, so I think your show reminds me a lot of the Mike and Mike show of ESPN. You guys do a great job. Second of all, Geo, big fan of the Vikings for 50 years. Yeah. They will not beat the Giants. I yeah. totally agree with right. you. They have no defense. They yep. got blown out by the Eagles. They got blown out by the Cowboys. They got blown out by the Packers. And when you get to playoff football, if you don't have defense, you will not win. Uh, and you made the comment this morning about you're hoping the Vikings win, and I feel the same thing. I hope they win. I'd like to see them win, but I don't see uh, I don't see them beating the Giants because they just have no defense. And my last comment is, and I've never heard this on the show. I've been listening for two years. How did you ever become a Vikings fan uh, living yeah. in New York? I yeah, right. Know. I grew up in New York. I did not live out there. The reason was neither one of my football, not, neither one of my parents are big football fans. So I had to find my way with it. And I had a cousin who was older than me who grew up in the 70s, purple people eaters, the whole thing. And when we'd go to holidays like Thanksgiving, Christmas, he would always have his Viking sweatshirt on. I was there to be recruited. He recruited me. Worst decision I ever made. I kind of feel like when you came out of the 70s, you were either a Steeler fan, a Cowboy fan, a Vikings fan because of the Purple People Eaters. And Raiders. Success, and a Raiders fan. I think that's out of the 70s, those four teams. Yeah, so I dominated. Right. They were always on TV. They, they had recognizable names and personalities. Mm-hmm. And they had just an un. Un- a believable amount of success, even though the Vikings didn't win their Super Bowls. Right. 0 for 4 in those, uh, yes. in those Super Bowls. Yes, yeah, we know that. Uh, all right, let's go to <laughs> uh, Glenn in Roseland, New Jersey. What's going on, Glenn? How you doing, guys? Good, Good Glenn. What's up? Uh, first time caller, boomer, longtime fan. Um, your uh, age range. I've never called in before, but the situation with the Jets. I summed it up as a longtime Jets fan. Rob Sala has to go. You rent a ho- two hotel rooms with seven children, a <laughs> nanny, and you're going to come and make major decisions, game time decisions, player decisions, and you're going to make those decisions, and your decision was to rent two hotel rooms while your home was getting done. I said it two years ago, as much as I like him, as much as I like him, the guy's got to go. He just doesn't know how to make decisions. And uh, if they keep him, it'll be just another long year next year, whether they get rid of LaFleur or not. 
And uh, that's that's all I got to say. Yeah, so, I, I, I disagree with the end part of it. I, we did say at the time. I remember bringing this up in that whole story going, you do have to kind of question yes. his decision-making when he put his family in a situation. But um, I don't. I, I disagree with the fact that it doesn't matter who they replace the staff with because I do think that if you bring in a veteran offensive coordinator that could change some things for the Jets, that that could be a big deal. Yeah, well, you know, so he would have to fire his buddy. Mm-hmm. He'd have to hire somebody maybe he doesn't have a relationship with. That doesn't bode well for a really smooth transition into trust and supporting one another, which is you know paramount and it is supreme when it comes to these coaching staffs. The other thing too, I don't know how Rob will will react, but you know if they do go to him and say, "Look, we need to change the offensive staff or whatever like that," you know he may be resistant to that and say, "Look, we've had too many you know injuries. There's too many things that went on here that were out of our control." And, you know, I'm not letting those guys take a fall. You know, my buddy or my former coach, Bobby Ross, did that, I believe, with the San Diego Chargers. They wanted him to ax like half his staff. And he goes, no, I'm not. Next thing you know, he was out. He was gone. So that, that also could happen, too. I don't, I, you know, that's, that's the relationship part of this whole business that really sucks. Because you get close with these guys. And if something goes haywire, you know, then it looks like you're making somebody a scapegoat in the eyes of the media. But I think, you know... You just you just have to deal with it, and it's the reality of this freaking business. Those guys came here two years ago, all thinking, "Okay, this is going to be a great shot. I, I got my first head coaching job. Here's my my buddy who's going to be an offensive coordinator. I know he knows what he's doing, but now we're going to draft this young kid. Who knows what this kid's going to turn into?" And all of a sudden, it blows up in their face, and now comes the aftermath and how the owner reacts to it. That's that's the hard part of the business, and. I'm telling you, something's happening. I don't know what it's going to be, and I don't know how people are going to react in the building, but something's happening. Hi, Warren Geo, coming to you live from the Little Ford Tough Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. We know the matchup for Wild Card Weekend. The Giants will be traveling to Minnesota to take on the Vikings on Sunday at 4.30. Of course, the Jets are eliminated. We wait to see what the coaching changes are, if any, in this big offseason for the Jets who were building something and now all of a sudden are stuck in this Jets-like quagmire once again. It was sort of like going on vacation if you hated your life. That's what this season was like for the Jets. Like you went on vacation for a week and it was the greatest thing ever, but then you returned to your house and your job and everything that you hated in your life. And you're like, oh, that's right, I'm back here again. Now use <laughs> it's, you know, it's unfortunate because they were at seven and four at one point, man. And then we think about the AFC playoffs right now. Right, you got the big five quarterbacks in it, starting with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert going toe to toe. You got Joe Burrow going against. I don't think Lamar's playing, so uh, you know. And then you also have Patrick Mahomes there. You got uh, Josh Allen there. I mean, it's just an amazing group of quarterbacks. And then you have two teams that are going to be most likely playing with backup quarterbacks, being the Dolphins and the Ravens. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know. The Lamar Jackson thing to me is is curious at this point. I mean, there's no way he's... I mean, you're telling me he's not going to come back and at least try to play in this game? I don't think he can. I, I, I just don't know, given the way that he plays, coming off of a knee injury and not playing in six weeks... You got to hand him the ball and tell him to get out there and go play. 
You're at, you're, yes. You'd be, well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, if he's healthy, then yes. You'd be asking a lot, that's for sure. I mean, if he's 75% or better than 100%, he has to be out there. Uh, well, you know, Mike White was 70. Well, Mike White might have been 50% when I mean, he played against Seattle. Probably less with four or five broken ribs. I God. mean, it's unbelievable. Do you think you could, in order, go from the top team, as far as odds go, to win the Super Bowl down to the last one, now that we know every single playoff team? Think you could do this? Yes or no? Yes. You think you could do this? Yes. All right. So we're going to start. You want to start at the bottom or do you want to start at the top? The bottom uh, would be the Miami Dolphins. No. You're already wrong. Really? Yes. Baltimore Ravens. No. Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks. Then Miami. Then Miami. Okay. Then uh, Baltimore. No. God. Mm-hmm. Jaguars. No. God. <laughs> really? Yeah, really. Is somebody lower than those guys? Yeah. Bucks? No. Mm. So, so far it's Seahawks. We're going from the bottom up. Bottom up. The, we're going from the well, bottom well, up. Why don't we go the other way? You know, try the other way. Let's now. try okay. the other way. All right, here we go. Let's go. Let's go with the Kansas City Chiefs. There you go. Bingo. Number two. Let's go with the Buffalo Bills. Bingo. All right. Number three. Let's go with the Cincinnati Bengals. No. San Francisco 49ers. No. Not the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, the Philadelphia Eagles, number three. Number four? It would have to be either the Bengals or the 49ers. I'll go with the 49ers. Yes. Number five? Bengals. Yes. Pretty good. Much better than going from the bottom up. Yes, you're right. Okay. Now what? Now what? Number six. Yeah. Going from top to bottom, Best odds to worst odds to win the Super Bowl via FanDuel Sportsbook. Number six. So now you've got Chiefs, Bills, Eagles, 49ers, Bengals, the top five. Number six. It ain't the Vikings. No, it is not. It's got to be, I would say, the Chargers. No. No? Would I be wrong in saying the Ravens? Yes, you would. Would I be wrong in <laughs> oh, my God. Cowboys. There it is. There the it Dallas is. Cowboys, number six. Number six, Cowboys. Number seven, Chargers? Yes. Number eight. Number eight. Number eight. Number eight. So far, one through seven, Chiefs, Bills, Eagles, Niners, Bengals, Cowboys, Chargers. Number eight, Ravens? No. No, still not the Ravens. They hate the Ravens. They hate the Oh, so that's right. Okay. Uh, Chargers. I said Chargers. Let's go. Not the Giants. Nope. 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 Uh, Jaguars. Nope. God, <laughs> I'll just give you if you get yeah, once you get this one, it. I'll give you the rest. All right. So after the Chargers, it goes Bucks, Vikings, Ravens, Jaguars, Giants, Dolphins, Seahawks. So you're oh, so, the, so the Vikings are ahead of your Giants. Look at that. There's a little positive news for you this morning. They're not my Giants, but yes. Uh, I mean, you're a Vikings. But that doesn't make a difference. doesn't mean anything. Um, so, yeah, so there you go. So it goes Chiefs are the favorite, then Bills and Eagles and Niners and Bengals. Cowboys, Chargers, Bucks, Vikings, Ravens, Jaguars, Giants, Dolphins, Seahawks. Now, the Bengals lost a player or two yesterday, and I don't know what their situation is going to be, but I, they were going into that Monday night game. Against the Bills, I thought that they were the best team in the AFC. Yeah. I thought they were the best team in the AFC. And oddly enough, out of all of this, 
The Chiefs only lost three games. They won 14-3. and three. They had a magnificent season. Two of those three losses, Bills and Bengals. That's right. That is correct. Yep. Amazing. Ama- Amazing. Man, can uh, we be in Kansas City with the Bengals and Chiefs again? Oh, that's right. you got to go to the AFC Championship game. Could be a neutral site if it's Buffalo and Kansas City. Yeah. And you'll fly you'll because of the week in between. You'll come home. Yes? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's a lot of travel. It's a lot of travel. I have to go to L.A. that week. That same week? Yeah. After the championship games? Yes. Okay, for the Super Bowl greatest commercial. Right. Wow. So you got to, let's say, for example, you're in Kansas City. Then you got to go to L.A. Yeah, I got, I'm I'm trying to figure all that out right now. Then you got to. This is like the my. There's a boomer situation. So he's out there. Let's say Kansas City is the site of the AFC Championship game. He's got to go out there. Super Bowl greatest commercials. He's got to film that L.A. And then what do you do? You stay out there L.A. Then go to Phoenix for Super Bowl week. You fly back home. Maybe spend a couple of days at home. Then go out to Phoenix. I, I'd be tempted to stay out there. Yeah, so that's, you've got to figure all this out. Right, and the good news, at least I could, you know, zoom back into this program because this program is, is important to be on this program the Monday after the championship game. You think? Yes. Yes. Especially when the Giants end up beating the 49ers <laughs> <laughs> on their way to another Super Bowl. Uh, all right, uh, let's go to Patrick, who's out in Detroit. What's going on, Patrick? Oh, how's it going? Good. What's up, man? Oh, I just wanted to talk about uh, Zach Wilson and LaFord. Yeah. So this is probably poor, no, towards more boomer, but um, why didn't I mean I know we've been talking about before and not calling the, you know quarterback design plays, but I think people forget Zach ran a four 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 in the combine, so like that's not slow speed we're talking about here. On top of his play calling since Brees Hall got hurt, I mean if you look at the Jags game, he called five run plays in the entire first half that game in those conditions, and then we go to Seattle, and he has Mike White drop back fifty times. With broken ribs, an old line that's been struggling, and he calls fifty pass plays. I just, I get, I get baffled by his play calling. I think, I think before needs to be gone. I think they need to get a offensive coordinator in there that can use Zach's mobility, which he can be a mobile quarterback. He's an athletic kid. I mean, granted, I understand his BYU days. His schedule wasn't very, um, you know, wasn't very hard, but the kid's got talent. And for us to not to use that mobility, just doesn't make sense. Well, I, I will say, Patrick, that, you know, when you look at games like, you know, the Denver game where he's running around all over the place, that was a hard game to watch. Um, when you watch him in the pocket and he throws some passes, you know, there are some passes where you know he's got talent. But then there are those passes that where our guys are wide open in the New England game, the second one especially. Guys are wide open and he is missing them. He's either overthrowing them or he's throwing it at their feet. And these are like wide receiver screens that every quarterback completes like 10 of them a game. Yeah. And he's missing those things. So there is a fundamental problem with his physical ability. uh, Physical ability. And then there's also the mental stuff that's going on where the confidence has really been shaken. So it's a mess right now. He's a mess. Their quarterback situation is a mess. Their offensive situation is a mess, and it doesn't help, as as he just pointed out. The guy with the broken ribs is throwing the ball 50 times. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's 
And then you have, you know, the, the, the Flacco, I think they just handed him the start yesterday thinking maybe this is going to be his last game, so let him go out there and play one last time. I don't know. I mean, that could be the thought. And they just wanted to keep Zach away from the field as much as they possibly could to see if they can somehow make a reclamation project out of this for next year. I mean, I would be, real, again, I as much as I've been through this with so many other players around here and so many other sports, not just football, you wonder how in the world is he going to find his way back in a positive light for this fan base like Edwin Diaz did for the Mets, like Francisco Lindor did for the Mets? You know, yeah, but those guys had a history of being good in other places. It's it's different. You know, those guys had uh, and they were succeeded, older. They were more mature right, at the highest level in their craft. And Zach Wilson hasn't experienced that. But even Julius Randle for the next this year, again, a, a, an older player has been through the wars. He's got the this you know the scars to show you that he's been booed and he's been. But he was tormented. an All NBA guy one year and then yes. had a terrible year and then came back and played well. You know, no, it's the the example would be somebody who was just absolutely miserable from the start. And then figured it out, um, which is not even Daniel Jones is not even the example because Daniel Jones wasn't miserable from the start. He had a decent rookie year. He showed like he could play and then he ended up getting hurt and there was a lot of turnovers and everything else. But I, I do think that Zach can still have a productive NFL career. It cannot be as the Jets quarterback. It's not going to work here. And if I would advise advising him, his family, everything else, get out, get out, go yeah. somewhere else. That, that That's the other problem that you have with Zach Wilson is number one is does he want to be here after all of this? You know, uh, and then on top of that, let's say he does come back and let's say they try to, you know, make a player out of him. Uh, the first sign of any sort of negativity or downward spiral or spiral or two game losing streak, is he going to have the mental acuity to handle it? That, that would be my biggest question. Now he's shown that he's been able to do that because he threw those three interceptions against New England and he got booed at home. And the next week they come back and they play against the number one seed, Bills. And what do they do? They win and he plays a solid game. I'm not saying he played a great game. I'm saying he played a solid game. So the ability to put the pass behind him showed up in that situation. But then the next game leading into that, that New England game... Where he came out of the, and you know, nobody knows what's going on in this building, that, that whole commentary. Yeah. And then that performance in that New England game where they scored three points was like the beginning of the end. Did he do enough in that time to win back the locker room is another question that I need answered too. Because if he did not, and a lot of that stuff was just window dressing and the players saying, oh, we got Zach's back. And oh, yeah, he apologized to us. And oh, this and oh, that. And it wasn't real or genuine, and they want him gone, and they don't see a future with him, and they don't want him back, then that's a big problem, too. You know, I got to think that guys like, you know, Mike LaFleur, buddies with Kyle Shanahan, buddies with Matt LaFleur, of course, his brother, um, all these guys have had success with quarterbacks. All of these guys are great coaches in their own right, and maybe a little stubbing of the toe up there in, in Green Bay right now. But you got to believe that they have been reaching out to those coaches, asking them their opinions. And, you know, have you ever been through anything quite like this? And if you have been through, what would you do with a guy like this? Like, how would you try to get him back on track? I got to believe that those phone calls have been made and those discussions have been had. I would hope so. I would hope so. And I wonder, like, what Kyle Shanahan would say to a Mike LaFleur. What would Matt LaFleur say to a Mike LaFleur? (laughs) What would they say to Rob Sala? They're all buddies. I'm yeah. sure that they're I'm sure that they're talking to each other. You have to be.
So a uh, big thank you to one of our listeners who did tweet me the ratings for Monday Night Football between the Bills and Bengals. And, you know, we were talking about the financial ramifications of that and would there be any sort of negative connotation or pressure between ESPN and the NFL. I don't think so after reading this. So Austin Karp of the Sports Business, Business Journal put this out there. And uh, 21.4 million viewers were watching the first half, or the first quarter when the when the game was being played, from when Demar Hamlin went down with his injury until the game was officially suspended. I would I would imagine it's about an hour and a half later, hour and 20 minutes later, whenever that was. Uh, the ratings went up to 24.5 million dollars. I mean, people, and then. Scott Van Pelt took over from like 10, 10 until after midnight, and they were averaging about 5.2 rating, which is huge for Scott in that late time slot. And then the average uh, for Monday Night Football is about 14 million viewers. So you could see that, you know, the viewership obviously spiked when DeMar got injured and, and everybody was tweeting about it. And I'm sure texting their friends or calling their families or whatever. And uh, the viewership just ex- exploded. Yeah, and that's was to be expected, I would think. I mean, once in this day and age of social media, you put it out there, everybody's seeing the videos, everybody's talking about it. Let me flip on the game if I wasn't on the game already and see what's happening. So, yeah, definitely not surprising. All right, Jerry is back. Another update and moment of the day. What's going on, Jerry? We are brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. The Giants yesterday losing to the Eagles, but as Brian Dable says, with their a lot of their backups in, they gave quite the effort. Tough game, 60-minute game. Came down to a few plays, give uh, Philly credit, but um, thought our guys competed all the way to the end, and um, well, it was a tough game. And so the Giants go 9-7-1, and one. they uh, will take on the Vikings. That means they head back to Minnesota this week, a 440 game on Sunday, Saquon Barkley. It's a familiar opponent because we just played him not too long ago, uh, but just excited for the opportunity. You know, you, that's what you want as a, as a player, as a a guy in leagues, you want to make it to the playoffs, and you get the opportunity. And we know we're going to a hostile environment. We've been there for another opponent. Um, I'm just ready to get home and start working on them and get ready and for the start the prep as soon as they can. Philly, by the way, will be the one seed with the bye. Jalen Hurts probably can use it and get set for that divisional round matchup, whoever that might be. But Giants, Vikings, Sunday at 4:40. Then you had the miserable ending to the season for the Jets. They lose 11-6, and it uh, it was 11-6. as ugly as six. Eleven six. I mean, yeah, come on, eleven six. I know a guy who lost out on. Three thousand dollars safety because of that safety. Yeah. Well, there's other people that probably made so, money because of that safety. Yeah. But that, that sucks. I, I I could never see a final replay of, of that play, and I work at CBS, and we never really got to it. I couldn't tell whether did that ball go it out went of through bounds? the back of the yeah, end zone. Right. It exactly. went out of bounds. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Out the, through the end zone. Through the end zone. Yeah. Because I saw a Miami Dolphin player picking it up and running with it in the end zone. No, no it was no. out of bounds. Right. I, I couldn't tell whether it went out of bounds. I'm sorry. Out of bounds. Out yep. of bounds. But did you see the Miami Dolphin player pick it up in the end zone? I don't remember that. I remember it bouncing out of bounds, yeah. going out of and bounds in the end zone. You can see the ref after right. a minute goes like that. Yep. But they so never the acknowledged that so on the, the broadcast. The, then the ball must have gotten kicked back in bounds? Yeah, it was just happened? they were doing the, as uh, your buddy Scott Van Pelt says, pitchy, pitchy, woo-woo. And they were just throwing it all around. I don't know what pitchy, pitchy, woo-woo is. I don't know what that is. That's at the end of the game when they, that all you're doing is laddering. And it usually, oh, you call that pitchy, pitchy, woo-woo? Yeah, that's he, I, th- I believe he coined that term. Okay. I, I, I never heard that, and I'm glad Scott came up with that. But it was a weird, it was a weird play. I don't know. Maybe Stephen Waldron has the, uh, the highlight. 
I don't think he does because we've been talking about this game since six o'clock and he hasn't played that once. That would be the game's my on guess. Fox too. Yeah, the game was on Fox, so I don't know, but you know, they could still get it maybe and show the highlight. I don't know. I just realized. But all I know is that the ball was in the middle of the end zone and a Miami Dolphin player picked it up. I couldn't tell whether or not it went out of bounds. I'm gonna Why ball. do you care about this right now? Is the real question. By the way, I'm going to play this for you. And yeah. They are efforting the highlight, by the way. You thought I had a good day yesterday? Yeah. No, no, no. Chris Carino did. He did Jets Dolphins in Miami for Compass Media Networks and then had Nets Heat last night. Oh wow. That is a day. That is that, that is, is awesome. phenomenal. Here is here's the what's your witchy boo? What'd you call it? Pitchy pitchy woo woo. And here is how it sounded on Compass Media Networks with your guy Chris Carino. Flacco will go out of the gun. Carter to his left. Wilson to his left as well. They throw a short pass to Wilson. He spins and here we go. Laterals going on. They back it out to Flacco, the wrong guy to get it. Throws it backward now. As the Jets still working around all the way to their goal line. Start up to the five ball. Throw left. Howard has deflected. It lands on the ground and it goes out of the end zone on the far sideline for a safety. He nailed on it. On the final oh, there you go. play okay. of the game. Look at that. He absolutely nailed it. Somehow that ball ended up back in the end zone. No, I think what you're referencing is what he said when the player tried to pick it up at like the four-yard line. I think he basically kicked it through the end zone. Unless my eyes are tricking me, I saw a Miami Dolphin player in the mi- in the middle of the end zone with the ball in his hands. Yeah, that was after the safety. He picked it up to I could, Yeah, I Correct. couldn't see what was going on on the sideline. Yeah. yeah, pretty crazy. Anyway, they went 11-6. Um, Tyler Conklin, you guys haven't scored in like a long time, meaning touchdowns. So what happened down the stretch here? Because that was pretty brutal. I get outside noise. They get no, outside. no, no. Yeah, it doesn't seem real. I mean, how do you have a collapse like that? Uh, I don't know. You're tough questions, guys. Wish I had the answers for them. You know, I don't, I don't know why we haven't scored touchdowns. I mean, it's frustrating as hell. And how we drop six straight when we're, you know, you, you would think we'd have a pretty good shot at the playoffs at one point, right? You know, we obviously didn't do what we needed to do to make that happen. It's just frustrating. 187 total yards for the Since Jets. week 13, they averaged 11 points per game. That's not good. No, the red zone percentage was 20%, and they gave the ball away 10 times. 11 points per game when defense ruled in the 80s wouldn't have been good. True. Now? Wow. I mean, that's over six games. It's <laughs> not one game. That's over six games. They averaged 11 points. That's right, and 10 turnovers during those six games. That hurts. That really does hurt. That's pretty atrocious. So fair to say they've got some work to do. Uh, going Bills, meantime, going forward into the postseason with their win. Well, they were going anyway, but they beat the Patriots to wrap up the season. They get the two-seed in the AFC. Naheem Himes, the not one, but two kickoff returns for touchdowns. And he says uh, DeMar Hamlin certainly around, if you will. Yeah, you, you seem like we have three zone. I had three on my thigh pads today. It's, it's been amazing, but all that was for him. And I'm I'm happy for the things that happened to me, but I was spirited. I felt like he was out there with us. He was with them. That's very nice. Here's Josh. I think uh, Geno Smith made... Uh, for making the playoffs this year, guys. Well, like an incentive? Or an, you're incentive saying, an incentive. An incentive. I'm not sure. A million dollars. Five hundred. Just answer your own question already. Three point five million. Thank you. Good, Good for, for him. him. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. <laughs> Very nice. Here was Josh Allen. So regular season over. Turn your attention to Miami. It's you know it's playoffs now. It's one week seasons. Um, I believe we got the Dolphins next week. A team that knows us well. Um, so we got to put our put our work in this this week and, and get ready for next week. That's it. Next week they'll take them on. Now the Patriots season ended, 
And Bill Belichick did a, uh, a Zoom conference with the reporters this morning. He spoke for about five minutes before opening up to questions. And all he talked about was the offseason and the work they had to do and getting together with uh, Bob Kraft to figure out roster stuff and blah, 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 blah. And so then the second question was, how do you feel about coming back for uh, a 24th season as head coach? Is that something you, you want to do? Uh, yeah, I think I just talked about that. So process will start today. <laughs> as he said it would. So he is coming back. 71 years old, Bill Belichick. Do you, uh, Bill, do you believe your quarterback has a douche face? <laughs> no one asked him that. Boomer Esiason <laughs> believes that he does. <laughs> that would have been something. Yeah. Um, I hear Geno Smith made $3.5 million for his team making the playoffs. Yeah. Day one, and the Packers lost at Lambeau thanks to the Lions, who beat them 20-16 to last night. And here is Dan Campbell going out and getting it done. It was a good win. Uh, it was a great win. Our guys, I was proud of our guys. They played their ass off. They were ready for this game. And, uh, you know, they wanted to prove something, and they did that. And and uh, this team has just hung in there all year long. I said it. It's a special group. And, of course, his uh, running back, Jamal Williams, had himself a hell of a night, too. 72 yards, a couple of touchdowns. Here he was on NBC Sports. We played this at 730. Uh, he was very sad and emotional, and then he was very mad. I'm grateful to be able to play this game for my great-grandfather, and I'm glad that he's looking down on me. I know I'm making him proud. You said this ball's for him? Yeah, this is for him. Another thing, stop playing us, man. We made we the Detroit Lions. We the Detroit Lions. Stop playing with us. I don't even watch TV, but I heard everybody already picked their picked the Packers over us. Stop playing with us. That's all I gotta say, man. Don't let these tears fool you. It's all dog around this mother. <laughs> That's the greatest. Stop don't playing with us. I don't even watch TV. That's the greatest thing. He was ever. the one with the Pokemon last week. Yeah, no, he is he is tremendous. That guy's had just an unbelievable season. Scored a ton of touchdowns, been doing all sorts of dances, everything else. It's great. Here's Aaron Rodgers. So, it's been a long career. You're done this year. You stepping away? You coming back? What are your thoughts? It's a normal thought, but at some point the carousel comes to a stop and it's time to get off. And I think you you kind of know when that is. Alright, so is it now? We don't know. We will find out. I'm yeah. sure he'll probably drag this into April. I'm sure. And our uh, buddy from Casamigos, Lee Einsidler, he sent me all that. He's a big Packers fan. He sent me all this like Wisconsin pastry before the Packer Viking game, sort of like as a joke, you know, yeah, type of thing. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, you know, eat this Wisconsin stuff and everything right. else. I'm surprised it wasn't cheese. And so I was thinking about sending him after last night a cola guard. Mason. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that. Okay. <laughs> Steelers won Sunday, but they get the help they needed to make the playoffs, and so that be that for Mike Domlin. You know, it comes to a screeching halt. This offseason thing, I don't know that I pondered that. I was preparing for the potential of next week, and so I don't have the answer to that as I sit here. Yeah, I don't know what the question was. Did a good job, man. <laughs> getting that team back, just anyway. like Dan Campbell. You know, he and Dan Campbell very similar. Yeah, 9-8, and eight, 16 straight years at 500 or better for Tomlin. The Cardinals lost big to the Niners. That was fitting. Cliff Kingsbury, your team went 4-13. and 13. As a coach, you learn along the way um, each and every step. You know, I, I think there's there's things that I'll take from this and be a better coach moving forward, but you have to go through a season like this to try and make those changes moving forward. By the way, no, just completely honest, I hate the 17 games. Do you? I don't like the way the records look. It's oh, it's it's uneven. Oh, they'll it's get to stupid. Before too long, so don't worry too about much. it. It really is. Anything past sixteen See, is I, too much. I really thought everything was just perfect with the last NFL playoff schedule. And I mean, I like the fact that there's more teams that are involved now because yesterday you had high drama. The Steelers would have never been involved. We would have never had that. Right. But 
I, I thought it was just perfect. The top two teams get the bye. You know, it you're was talking, perfect. Talking about six teams. It was just, I mean, I don't know. And Bush, you talk about six games on wild card weekend. Yeah. Which is, the, which is great, you know, so. And you could still have that format with the 16 games. I mean, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, but you got to sell these games a la carte now. Yeah, because so. they're not making enough money. Well, I mean, listen, the whole idea is to grow. They're growing, growing the league, and you know that's that's the job. That's got to continue to figure out ways to grow. That's so that's all that's going on, Jerry. No, I don't like. I've been trying to get you to grow your cornhole league, but you but you just like you're focused in on this little thing, and I'm like I'm trying to bring it out to a a whole other level. Take it to a whole. Could you imagine if we did that, and I was out till ten thirty every night, and was dog ass tired every morning in here? Be worth it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. This is one of those can't-win spots, Jerry. <laughs> Here's Tom Brady. He's going to the postseason, even though his team went just 8-9. and nine. They did win the division. So you're 45 years old. How does it feel? It's pretty good at 25, too. So 25, 35, 45, it's pretty good to be in the playoffs. Uh-huh. And they'll be home to Dallas next Monday night to wrap up, what do they call it, Extreme Wild and Big Wild Card Weekend? Super. Super Wild Card Weekend. Yes, that'll be uh, Monday night, 8-15 in Tampa. Lovey Smith, one season in Houston. And fired. Get out. Uh, The Broncos are reportedly going to talk to Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh this week about their opening after uh, their interim coach got the win yesterday over the Chargers. And the Panthers plan to talk with Frank Reich and Jim Caldwell about their opening TCU Georgia tonight college football national championship game. Since Chris Carino, who was great on Compass Media Networks with the Jets, did the game for us but got choked out by a bad engineer last night. Uh, we will hear Ryan Rucco on yes as the Nets got the big hoop late. No! Rebound loose! O'Neal's floater is gone! Royce O'Neal on the follow puts the Nets in front! And again, Rucco on the yes network. They beat the Heat 102-101 on the other end. Uh, they were very physical with Jimmy Butler. No foul called. And so Brooklyn winds up winning the game 102-101. Make it 18 of their last 20. I believe it's their best 20-game stretch, they said, during the broadcast in team history. That was Royce O'Neal, the go-ahead hoop. Kyrie Irving had 29. Uh, here was Irving. Way to go, Royce O'Neal. Grateful that Royce got the rebound because uh, that, def- that shot could have definitely gone either which way. Um, you know, I was trying to go for the kill shot. And that was the long three, which he didn't get. Um, and I think he did that because they turned the ball over the last three times down the floor. Here was Jacques Vaughn. The concern now turns to Kevin Durant. 17 points, but left late in the third as uh, Jimmy Butler rolled into his right knee. Evaluations coming today with an MRI. Yeah, you know, he didn't finish the game. And uh, just right knee, he'll get evaluated tomorrow. And uh, then hopefully I'll have some more info from you. Evaluation Yeah, most likely, Brian, it will include imaging just to make sure we're good, yeah. Yep, they'll be good. We shall see uh, how much time he misses. you got to think it'll be a little bit of time, but then again, who knows. Sixers get a triple-double from James Harden, 2011 and 11. They beat the Pistons. Cavaliers won in fifth. Phoenix now under 500. How about that? 20 and 21. And the Knicks home for the Bucks coming up later tonight. Rutgers lost Sunday to Iowa, and Maryland beat number 24 Ohio State. 80 to 73. Time now for Moment of the Day, brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila brought to you by those who drink it. Yeah! Naheem Himes started yesterday's game between the Bills and Dolphins where they kick off return for a touchdown. Some believe higher powers had something to do with it. Down the sideline he goes. This is storybook. An opening kickoff return for Tamar Hamlin. And this place is absolutely going wild. Oh, you just said this is storybook. This is almost fate. 
I just can't believe what just happened. Josh Allen, the same thing. Six days removed from this incredible can't believe it. scene that we saw with the Bills player down in Cincinnati. And now... Oh, oh. oh my God. Oh, unbelievable. Oh, Jim. Oh. <laughs> been amazing but all that was for him and i'm i'm happy for the things that happened to me but i was spirit i thought like he was out there with us so you carry sports gods no nah, i'm sorry wrong uh, no yes wrong jerry yes wrong yes I thought they tried harder and actually executed all their blocks and jerry, the second time the patriots let him score jerry that one guy should be cut for that whiff on the tackle these things just don't happen they jerry. do just happen there's divine intervention oh yeah no. there's spirituality no, stop there's it, stop i'm it, telling stop. you so what, what did the packers fan pray to satan <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> no a moment of no. the day all right thanks jerry it is boomerang geo coming to you live for the build ford tough studio CBS Sports that were a couple of things. Boomer's been fascinated with the end of Jets Dolphins and how it got to 11 to 6 and what was in his memory and was not in his memory and all of that and made the CBS Sports Network guys dig this thing up. So uh, just out of respect to them, uh, I would like to have them play that. They're not back from break yet, so we'll just uh, wait a second till they are so we can get this whole thing on TV. But what you remembered happened. You want to see if it actually happened because you're watching all the games at once. So uh, this was the uh, pitchy, pitchy, woo-woo, as Eddie said, the Scott Van Pelt's uh, trademark uh, at the end of Jets-Dolphins and how it ended up being 11-6 to and not 9-6 to uh, for those that are watching on CBS Sports Network. Let's take a look at this from yesterday. Here it is, uh, Flacco over to Wilson. That was Garrett almost Wilson. incomplete. Garrett Wilson back to Flacco. Flacco runs left, gives it over to Elijah Moore. That was the Moore. best pass of the day right Elijah there. Elijah Moore running towards the goal line, then goes forward and pitches it back up. Dolphins player, uh, there you go. Look at that. I went out of so, bounds. So, where did, so, all right, I didn't see the ball go out of bounds. I couldn't tell that it went out of bounds, but you saw that somebody threw it back inbounds. Right, after it got Dolphins out of bounds. And the Dolphins player got it, so I didn't see I guess the, the, uh, the official must have blown his... Blown his whistle at that time. That's right. So there you go. That's how it got to right. 11 to 6. Uh, did you see the Bernie Kosar story? I did. So Bernie Kosar, Browns, former Browns quarterback, probably the best one they ever had. Uh, he uh, placed a large bet on the Browns to beat the Steelers in week 18. $19,000. He was fired for making that bet because team in now I should have mentioned he is part of the Browns radio broadcast and he's hired by the team he's hired by the team he was fired from that job because team employees are not allowed to gamble period so he ended up getting fired now I understand how and why there are rules in place for this however does Bernie Kozar deserve to lose his job Overplacing that bet. I don't believe that his, him and where he is in his career can influence the outcome of a game. And that's what this is all about as far as team employees betting. I mean, unless Bernie Kozar, now, especially when he's betting for the team to win. Now you're telling me Bernie Kozar bets for the bets. Um, on the Steelers to beat the Browns, and then he goes and Nancy Kerrigan's to Sean Watson. <laughs> now then we're talking about a different story. But I thought this was 
too much of a punishment for a guy for making a bet on the Browns to win. I thought it was ridiculous. So wasn't it a bet that where the winner was going to give the money to charity? It was. Mm-hmm. And who was he? He was betting against another person, right? He wasn't betting. No, through- I think. I think he placed the first bet in Cleveland for legalized sports gamble. Oh, he did. Yeah, but if he won, he was given the money. So this was part of this, uh, maybe a sponsorship thing or something? Maybe, yeah. I mean, who knows? Actually, I'll take a look to make sure if it was a sponsor. Like, was it like Vandal opening up there or something? Or was it another... He placed a legal $19,000 bet on Brown. The Browns beat the Steelers. Yeah, that's that's really all it says right there. All right. Let's see. What else? But then he was going to give the proceeds, had he won, to a charity, I guess? Yep. And it was just to kind of highlight the fact that you could do real betting on games in yeah. Ohio, maybe, or in yeah. Cleveland? Yeah, because like they had Pete Rose do it in Cincinnati. Pete Rose placed the very first legal bet. Oh, so Ohio went went legal. Okay, yeah. With, all right. With online sports games. All right. So he was asked to do it by a sponsor. Maybe at the radio station, I'm sure. I guarantee you. I hope not if he got fired for that. I guarantee you it had to be somebody like Fandle or somebody like that asking him to do that. Unless he had a personal endorsement just with the company who was placing the bet with. I don't know. Right. That that also could be a thing. And maybe he didn't tell the rest of the people or, you know, his employers. Right. But the reason he got fired is because of the policy, which is team employees can't gamble on games. Which to me, that's a not not a one size fits all type of thing. All right. So let me ask you this question. So... We we hire the baseball announcers for the baseball team. So Susan and John get their check from us. Is mm-hmm. that right? Uh, yes. So they are employees of our radio station. Mm-hmm. They then, therefore, if we had a policy, or the Yankees, or the Major League Baseball has a policy, that would that wouldn't amount to them because they're not employed by the Yankees. That's right. So they could make the bet. That is correct. Yeah. So, but if Bernie Kosar is getting a paycheck from the Cleveland Browns, by extension of that paycheck, he is a part of the Browns organization. And we know that the NFL has this this policy because we saw Miles uh, Austin, the wide receiver uh, coach for the Jets, just go through this. That's right. So, an example, uh, the he got Gi- suspended. He didn't get fired. Right. Like the Giants, they hire their guys for the broadcast. So Bob Papa and Carl Banks are Giants employees. Okay. So if either one of them made an NFL bet, that would fall under the same thing. But they know that. I would hope so, especially after this. But I mean, what? Let me ask you: What's the harm here? What What is the NFL afraid of if Bernie Kosar makes a bet on the Browns? It's, it, well, again, you know, again, <laughs> I don't know what the NFL is afraid of, and I don't know why they would fire Bernie. Maybe they were looking for a, re- for a reason to fire Bernie. That That also could be, yeah, you know, part of this thing too. But the other thing too that really just man, when you think about this, it's like they, they'll take the money as sponsors. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Which, and, and promote it all over everywhere, just like we do. Well, of course. Just like all the you know online ads do, just like everybody else is doing. Same thing with, I mean, Calvin Ridley, too. Same situation. I mean, it, that's now, a different story. He's a player, though. I, but he didn't bet on the NFL. I know he didn't, but that, still, I understand it's a hard and fast rule. But then again, the NFL had hard and fast rules for the situation that happened on Monday night. But decided to change those rules come Friday, and 25 votes, you know, passed the, the motion that was in front of the owners. 
Uh, to me, it's just be reasonable here. I mean, bon- Bernie Kosar at, at his age with his job at this point isn't affecting the outcome of Brown Steelers by placing a bet on it. And plus it was a promotional bet. Right. It just has nothing to do with anything. Like, I understand you want to protect the outcome and the integrity of games. Yeah. Bernie Kosar making this bet has nothing to do with the integrity of football. You speak nothing. about integrity. Isn't the owner of that football team, didn't he get in trouble with pilot flying jets yeah, for right, yeah. uh, stealing money and... Mm-hmm frauding people or something or whatever well, the hell happened with those people like let, let's fu- well, let's fire bernie kozar for making a legal bet but let's give deshaun watson the richest contract in the history of football <laughs> when he's the league's biggest pervert <laughs> makes sense <laughs> yeah. like poor bernie kozar the greatest quarterback in brown's history gets uh bleep canned for making a legal bet yeah but let's now hire this sexual predator to be our quarterback and give him the richest contract in NFL history. And the guy who hired him got in trouble because of his pli- pilot flying J rest stops. That's right. Yeah. He was ripping off somebody left and right. I don't know. Not reporting. <laughs> I don't even remember anymore. I mean, it's just. It's, it's, it's one thing after the next. Yeah. Browns. The Browns. The Browns. The Browns. Uh, Ron is out in Wisconsin. What's going on, Ron? Yeah. Hi. Hi. Am uh, I on the radio? Yes, you what? are, sir. What's going on? Hey, I wanted to just kind of say, hey. Um, the Vikings are going to beat the Giants. They're going to. The Vikings are going to are going to beat the Giants. Okay. And and all season long, and I listen to this things on TV. And what is wrong with them winning ugly? It's it's still their wins all season long. I've been living through this, and I live in northern Wisconsin, and <laughs> I'm tired of hearing about the Packers and Rodgers. Oh, me too. Okay. Listen, I've, I've, I, they what they got last night was awesome. That was tremendous. I was so happy that the Lions went in there and knocked him out. But I mean, I just I'm telling you right now, though, Ron, and I apologize in advance. It is my fault that the Vikings are going to lose this game. Just so you know, so you can call call me up on Monday a week from today, and I will apologize to you again. It's because I trashed the Giants. There's nothing Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, Kevin O'Connell, Zadarius Smith, Harrison Smith. There's nothing any of these guys can do. Because I put them in this situation by trashing Daniel Jones, by trashing Saquon Barkley, the Giants, everything. And they're going to go in and they're going to beat the Vikings. And I'm going to have to sit here and have one of the toughest professional weeks I've ever had. It's just written in stone, man. So I'm sorry. Hey, hey I understand. I've been living this. I've been living this for years. It's, I mean, I was in the building when the kick went, when the kick didn't go through. Which one? <laughs> so many. You're talking about 1998. You're talking about the Seattle playoff game, wild card weekend. I mean, what, what are we talking about? Hey, it saved me ten thousand dollars because the next day I was I was going to the bank to get some money because I was going to Miami. Oh, okay. So you're talking about 19. You're talking about 98 and the Gary Anderson one. You were there. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Oh, just, yeah. It saved me, like I said, saved me ten thousand dollars because I was heading to Miami. You know, Crimea River Vikings fans. I mean, talk to the Jet fan for God's sake. They got a Super Bowl. There's, there's I, Jet fans out there that have seen them win a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a whole. Come on, come, I mean, on. come on. There is. I mean, the the recent there history. Is. They haven't done anything since Rex O'Brien left. For God's sake. Okay. I mean, you gotta, you gotta. Like, you guys are uh, amazing. Just the your team and your organization is successful. But they never win the big one. Never. Let's go to Shawnee in Edgewater. Shawnee, what's happening, brother? Boomer, how are you? Okay, man. What's going on? Uh, Thank you very much. And Jerry Recco, shout out to him as well. Uh, My daughter, Ava Grace, and I went to her first ever basketball game this past Thursday at the Rack, or the Jersey Mike Center, I should say. 
we came up to you, we took a picture with you, and I've been fortunate enough to be around some celebrities in my time here. And I can tell you that you were beyond generous with your time with us. Um, Ava was absolutely blown away by being at her first game. She's eight. And you could tell, like, when the Rutgers went on a run, she started to get really scared with the people going nuts around her. So when we met you at halftime, it was kind of like the perfect respite. And you never rushed us. You were completely cool um, as a Terp, as, a, as someone that grew up on Long Island, as a Jets fan. I really wanted to thank you. Um, so thank you very much for that. I had a couple of other points, if I could. One... Oh. Actually, no. That's <laughs> very sorry. nice. Thank it's you. I appreciate that. The I think what he was trying to say, because he's told me the other night, too, he goes, you know, a seven-win season for the Jets is pretty good. It's 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 over their, their over-under number. Yeah. But the problem is they lost six in a row at the end of the season. And right. the way that they lost these games, and this is why, you know, people change. Like, in, in a six-week period, all of a sudden, everybody looks at things differently. Because when things are really bad or the adversity hits, you want to be able to win through some of those issues. And unfortunately for the Jets over the last six weeks, they have been unable to do that. Yeah. Sean, give us a call tomorrow. We'll talk some Jets. You spent a minute and a half, you know, tongue-bathing boomer. So that was your time on the air. That was very nice. I appreciate that. I yeah, didn't, right. didn't realize you need a towel? to say that. Need a towel. Here's a couple of napkins. Like I don't need napkins. I'm fine. Sean saliva. I'm fine. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.